Oh my gosh, it's Hotline League episode 199. We're one episode away from a very random and significant number. Uh, but that doesn't mean that this episode is going to be any less exciting than next week's episode. Because that's the way this show works. Uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff. Um, in fact, it's going to be kind of an open calls night because of uh, the fact that there was a holiday and so not much has happened. But it's still going to be... Sometimes these episodes end up being the best. And uh, joining me, as always, is my constant co-host, Mark Zimmerman. How's it going, Mark? Going pretty good. I flew in from Boston today. My flight was at 8.30 a.m. on the East Coast time. And I got up at 5.30 to get in there in time and get through security and stuff. So I technically woke up at 2 a.m. this morning. Um, I took a little nappy poo. But uh, otherwise, I would die if not for Game Fuel! Shout out to Game Fuel and Alienware for sponsoring this episode. Thank you, Mark. Uh, nice okay. product placement. Mark intentionally didn't sleep so that he could plug Game Fuel. Yeah, he picked That's the early morning happened. flight so that he would be fatigued for the episode so he could promote our energy beverage of choice. Uh, I'm Also this week, we're joined by Kelsey Moser. How's it going, Kelsey? I am doing great. I will probably <laughs> minimize the promotion of Game Fuel because I am sponsored by a competitor. But yes, I will refrain exactly. from mentioning them until probably the end. You so. don't need to mention them at all. Uh, anyway, unless <laughs> anyway, uh, how's your week, Travis? My wow, Mark came went to visit his family. He's come back a new man. This is the first time in two hundred episodes that Mark has asked me how my week was. Uh, my week was okay. Uh, mostly just relaxed shut down uh didn't do much and definitely didn't do much i can agree with that you have like four videos in the can you didn't put any of them mark the other day i asked mark i offered him like a, a referral to a service that i use and he's like this sounds a lot like work i'm not doing any kind of work and then uh two days later he's like where's the videos that you said you were going to upload i'm like they're coming but i took thursday to sunday off so um that's why things are the way they are. You referred me to something I didn't care how, about. How dare you take time off in esports? Like, what is I that? I know, I know. Mark Zimmerman. And Mark Zimmerman was taking time off, but I'm not allowed to take some off. You know, that's the If kind I of had those videos, I would have launched them from home, okay? I would have put out our gameplay video from Genshin. I would have put out our Arcane review days ago. And I would have made you record your account showcase. Is there anything else I'm forgetting, or is it really just those two? Um, I think that's it. <laughs> God, you're so lazy. True. Okay, great. I'm Thanks glad we're starting the show, the show on this note. Kelsey, what is your current title at uh, Team Liquid? Or, sorry, so, Evil Geniuses. So, technically, I'm changing it to Education and Development Lead, but I'm too lazy to... Or no, education and competitive development lead, but I'm too lazy. So I think it's collegiate and competitive development lead still. So what, what you're got. too lazy to pick up the education part or like what? I'm too lazy to tell my boss that this is my title now. Oh, <laughs> that wow. EG is a very flat is, organization. I didn't realize yeah, that you guys very, just get to choose your titles. I mean, they basically, she basically just said, if you want to change your title, you can. And I was like, okay. Very good. Well. And, then, and, then, and then I didn't. And that's that's basically the story. Should, Sounds like negotiations went well during the off season for you. You should definitely ch choose a title that you can alliterate to a or whatever acronym yeah, I mean, to a CEO. I mean, the problem the problem was is that when I I changed 
I had my first title, I kept having to like look it up to remember what it was. I don't have to look it up anymore. But that was the that was the fun part. You, you should change it to Chairwoman of Education, and then you yeah, CEO Chairwoman of, uh, of Chairwoman of she, Education. She, chair Chair Education. Fuck. As Chairwoman. <laughs> <laughs> Mark has not slept uh, very much. I'm going to be great with calls. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It'll be great. If you were trying to sneak in a weird call tonight, tonight's the night because uh, the guardsman is asleep at the watch, I guess is what I would say. Um, Who's the guards? Oh, right. Sure. This is Mark the. Is I, I'm expecting starting. Mark to just pull some random shit and then yeah. I'm going to have to deal with it. And that's if you post in the Discord, you're getting pulled tonight. There's going to be a hundred of you in there. We'll see how many we get through. The sad thing, Mark, is I know you don't normally stick around anyway, but I've I've got the uh, Prime Gaming Genshin sponsored stream that I get to do after this, and so that's pretty cool. And then I also have a bounty that I'm going to do immediately after, which is uh, like watch the Wheel of Time trailer for one minute. And so if, if there was ever a night to to of sponsored fun afterwards that Mark Zero is interested in, it's like. We just need like next. I think the final thing I need is like a, uh, and then also I'm going to be playing Genshin with Brandon Sanderson or something like that. Then you'd be, you'd be awake. Ugh, you're such a sellout. You're not even watching Wheel of Time. I am. I watched all four episodes in the past week. You watched how many? Have you watched the fourth episode, Mark, or have you not? Because no, Ash and I were saving it. We got so I'm ahead of you on Wheel of Time now. Well, then we ate Shake Shack and passed out. We both just took a big fat nap. You uh, just you I got pwned. I have watched zero seconds of wheel of time so there you go see what's the last thing you watched that wasn't league of legends related uh i went and saw house of gucci actually so oh is that good uh, yeah but it's, it's not as good as uh i would say watch the last duel or uh french dispatch before you watch this, if you haven't watched this. I've heard mediocre it's, it's, things it's about all three of those things. So The Last Duel could not have interested me less with its premise if you told me it was just a lecture about economics. I would probably be more interested in watching a lecture at economics. I think it's, it's, it's incredibly interesting because it's um, basically it's the same story told from three perspectives. I like it a lot. Uh I think as a millennial, you're not allowed to like The Last Duel because Ridley Scott says that it bombed because millennials suck. Millennials can't not look at their phone. Yeah. Yeah. So. Huh. Exactly. I mean, if you if you like film for, for you know, the fact that they use the medium of film, then The Last Duel is great. So, yeah. Great. I don't know. I haven't seen it, but I have opinions about something I haven't seen, just like Travis. Yes, House of Gucci is about, it does have Adam Driver in it. So, there you go. Very good. Well, <laughs> that's about our last week. Oh, I'm also playing a ton <laughs> of TFT. Um, I got hooked, uh, hooked back into that, and uh, Seven Innovators is sick. Highly recommend. Um, I'm gonna probably get into TFT again, actually, because of the I don't know that they made a duo duo mode. I'm gonna try and convince Ashley to play some with me. I remember when I got the same rank in TFT as Travis, the first season it came out, but I didn't tweet about it. Wait, did you also that get diamond? Yeah, oh, I nice. also got master. If you don't tweet about it, it didn't happen. Yeah, exactly. 
But I haven't played since then, so I guess it doesn't matter. The new set is really good. I highly recommend it. Um, also, I want to just say on the record that uh, I do not have any TSM leaks or rumors for you guys. I will not be... I'm like... I know that uh, supposedly they're done with their stuff, but I am like... I've been pretty checked out, quite frankly. Uh, I was getting a message where... Let me see if I can find this. Somebody messaged me on the 22nd. Uh, I won't say their name. They DM'd me on Twitter. Hey, Travis, big fan. I was wondering if you had any news about TSM, even a pinch. I'm in desperate need for some info. This offseason feels very dry. Then, on Tuesday, they messaged me and said, Any info you can share on TSM Public on Twitter yet, or are you still in the dark on their mid-support signings, Travis? Then on Thursday, they sent me a message that's like pretty... I'm just like, leave me the fuck alone. If I had something that I wanted to share, I wouldn't just be like dropping it in a Twitter DM. So please, do not message me about the TSM stuff. I don't know. And uh, at this point in time, I kind of don't care, to be it's, quite honest. It's well-known historically that TSM people dislike Trap Scafford. However, you should reach out to evil geniuses. We'd be more than happy to have you do content with our players. So... You'd be more than happy to tell us who TSM signed? Yeah, the whole point of that story, Kelsey, was that people want to know who TSM is signing. And I don't know. And yeah, I don't but care. that's because TSM people don't dis don't don't share information with you. Oh, I see you what you're saying, yes. Like, now, I like do a, suspect so many other people in the league community. It's, it's just, they just I do like suspect it. that I will be getting more Bjergsen interviews going forward um, <laughs> based off of... Compared to when he was at TSM? Yes. Um, yeah, I have, I have no idea why that would be. Uh, kind of surprising. Yeah. Just As a, a former just journalist. A difference in, just a, different in a difference in approaches to media uh, between some of the organizations. Uh, okay. Well, what do we want to talk about? Did anything happen in this past week, or is it really open open lines? Because, I, I mean, the nice thing is, is that there's a ton of stuff that Kelsey wants to talk about all the time. And so I think that like, I'm not worried for this episode, uh, but I just want to make sure that we're not forgetting anything that got announced. I guess maybe some more um, teams got like officially announced, but it's mostly stuff that I think we've already talked about. Uh, LPL stuff, the super team collapsing. Yeah. Because Ooh, of there's... salary. We mostly talk about LCS stuff, but yeah. Yeah. There's I mean, a... I think that's, that's, that's like super interesting. It's just like the fact that the super team collapsed because of salary caps and there are no salary caps in the LCS. So that's, that's a fun fair. one. That's fair. Um, there's all the drama about Fnatic. I guess that's the biggest thing. True. I will be honest. I haven't been keeping up uh, with all of it other than like Adam and Upset both going back and forth and Upset supposedly not telling people why he left and... Everyone being I mean, like, you know, you must to tell us. You know, I'm like, there's a lot of personal reasons why somebody might have You a, owe us say. your personal life. Yes, exactly. Um, we already talked about how Travis is lazy and takes day off in eSports. So that's it's true. That's true. I do sometimes yeah. celebrate holiday weekends. This is a cool update. I will dominate taking a vacation. We can talk about that. <laughs> about I will dominate vacation? Where is he going? I don't know. Someone in Twitch chat just said it, and it's so fucking random. I couldn't help but say <laughs> it's like, it. It's like, breaking news, everybody. Uh, or maybe that was a uh, maybe that was that a comment scoop? about how it. We all need to take vacation sometimes, and he's taking a vacation. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, let's talk about a couple things that we can talk about tonight. So, one, Kelsey, you've been, I would say, almost militant on Twitter recently. 
you've been firing all sorts of missiles off at people about uh, the rosters that pe teams are deciding to run and how people aren't caring about Academy and how I tweeted a, a bad take about Black Friday. Uh, there's all sorts of stuff. I just, I just thought it was funny. I was like, damn, if I were an upper middle class white person, this is what I would think about all the time. And I kind of am. I was about to say, self, <laughs> I'm pretty well, sure you're you an know? upper middle class white person. Yeah, I'm definitely an upper middle class white person. So it's just funny when I look at it, I was like, this is definitely an upper middle class white person. Yes. And it's oh. great. It was, it was excellent. By the way, for those that weren't here at the beginning of the sh uh, before the stream started, uh, somebody said, Kelby better be on for episode 200. He will be. I, I want to say that right now. Um, so next He's week. He's so excited. Kelby. He accidentally came on this week. Yeah, he actually, he, he, he misunderstood the, the instructions and showed up today. Um, oh, no, you but... know what else you had a good deal? A good Black Friday tweet was your TSM one. That was a good tweet. Oh, yes. The maybe, maybe TSM's just looking for or waiting to get some deals on some players for Black Friday. Okay. Sounds about right. But anyway, no, Kelsey, what do you, what's going on? What are you passionate about these days? What are you talking about? Uh, I think, you know, it's Academy and why don't you support Academy, Travis? It's literally, you know, on the, so I was the thinking top about this. My mind. I think TGI has probably done more Academy content this year than almost anyone else. Um, I think, I think you mean, uh, magic slash tim seven Houston. yes <laughs> where do you who do you think is uh he's funding it who do you think is bankrolling that and executive producing <laughs> that content it's on yeah. the travis gafford channel it's i think it's it's interesting the magic is like the only person who who does it because it's like definitely if you're doing academy content you do it because you care yes you know? well i was gonna say uh, i think i'm not I think a lot of content creators think, live in Los Angeles. I don't think everyone has the cost of living that Tim might have think, where he can afford to do full-time Academy coverage. Yeah, I mean, but the, the thing is, is that also probably Tim, I mean, Tim doesn't make most of his money from, from eSports, right? Um, so I think it's interesting to me that... Wait, I don't know where Tim he, makes his money from then. He he quit to go full-time eSports like a oh, he did? couple okay. years ago, didn't he? I think he did. Did you yeah, say a couple weeks ago? His, no, a couple, I'd say a couple years ago. Yeah, I thought some he was going full-time. Some, some of his stuff is interesting, though, because it's, like, definitely not full-time Academy content. That's not where he gets his income is Academy content. So gotcha. he clearly, clearly loves Academy. That is what I will say. Well, maybe he's getting it all from Run It, then, because uh, I don't know what other stuff he's got going on these days. Well, minus, um, like, all the websites that he's built and all the technical work he does. You what? work with him. How come I know more about what Tim does? I think you? Tim just shows up, does run it, and then calls it a week, you know? And he has, he, he used to do a lot of uh, data consulting for teams. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, maybe that's it. Whatever. I don't know if he still does that. But this is an episode with you on it, Kelsey, not Tim. So we got to talk about you. Okay, so we're going to talk about Academy stuff. We can talk about what your, your roster is fully released now, right? Everybody knows? The, the LCS roster, yeah. But yeah, yeah, obviously, okay. our Academy roster is not out yet. So, okay. I mean, for me, it's like we released the Dota roster, and I was like, who cares? Where's the Academy roster? Guys? But at the, Hello? At the same time, it's it's also like if this Dota roster does poorly, they might come and take your, your roster. The Academy roster? Sure. Yeah. Academy can go play Dota. It's cool. I'm down. <laughs> great, great one, Mark. Kelsey, uh, <laughs> I have to ask. Uh, if you, why don't you, you could just release 
the news or announce the Academy roster right now, right? Like, it's your roster. I could, but I am going to allow our magnificent marketing team to do that. Okay. Well, fair enough. Uh, all right. It missed opportunity because, quite frankly, if you said it right now on the show, it would probably get more promotion than it would on whatever way you guys are going to release it. I'll say it. Yeah, leaks way. are all the hotness now, don't you know? Everything yeah, gets announced exactly. through leaks. Um, I mean, I think, yeah. <laughs> True. All right, whatever. We've been babbling for a while. Let's just, you know what? Let's just open up line. So, one, I think if people want to call in and talk about any of the off-season stuff, we're still kind of coming off of that. I think there's a lot to talk about. Maybe you're angry TSM has not put their information out there. Or you could call it about that. Maybe you think they're brilliant because they're going to pull some rabbit out of their hat. Maybe you want to talk about uh, the State of Academy or some of the teams that teams are announcing. I think Kelsey's more than willing to uh, just hard flame other team rosters because she's been doing it publicly on Twitter. Uh, maybe you want to talk about... Any number of different things. Uh, please, please hit up the Discord. Mark, you want to do the spiel, or are you too tired? Uh, you spiel. I'm reading them right now because I, okay. I hadn't been pulling calls because I wasn't thinking. Exclamation mark Discord in the chat if you want to join our Discord. Um, you can put your take in the Pleb Topics chat. If you are a sub, you can put it in the Sub Topics chat. Uh, Mark will pull you in if he likes your take uh, into the waiting room, and then he you just have to wait there, and then he'll come in and do like a little bit of an audio check before he pulls you in. Uh, and, uh, try, we look more for like takes rather than questions. Maybe if you have a question for Kelsey, that's fine. If you're like, Hey, I want to know from Kelsey, like if she thinks Academy is doomed or what she thinks about the format changes for Academy next year, that Whoopley in the chat did not do enough to stop, you know, uh, that type of stuff. So, um, just feel free to <laughs> Whoopley in the chat says, I'm just here to take notes. So there you go. Whoopley by the way in the chat guy. is. You know? Running Academy uh, now, so yeah, just kidding. We're please great, so yeah. Any anything in Discord that says question for Kelsey gets picked, so I don't have to answer it. So oh dear like God! Seven dear question God. for Kelsey's. Dear God. Uh, all Except right. The whiskey one, which I see Kelsey replied to. <laughs> you're in the you're replying to people's takes. Of Kelsey? course, why Someone not? Someone says I'm Scottish and want to talk to Kelsey about whiskey. She said I'm down. Oh Jesus! Yeah, okay, exactly. not on this show. Um, okay, Travis has come down and said no. Yeah, sorry. Uh, here we'll shout out some subs while Mark is doing his collection. Uh, Darth Nomi, Skyji, Boba Cola, Boba Cola for 51 months. Uh, Ian Ian S Hero, Vez, uh, Elian, Kanoke, Gengarifith, uh, that Kush guy. Sweet Baby Lou, Darking, Cherry Lace uh, for 39 months, and Team Corgi Man. Thank you to all of our subs. Really appreciate it. Um, okay. Mark should be probably running off here in a second. Yeah, fine. I'll go do it. God. I ran out of subs to Um. All right. People in the chat now arguing about whiskey or scotch. Uh, enjoyed the Arcane review. Thank you. Uh, Jordan, thank you for the 44 months. And Mark should be back any second while I sip on this game fuel. <sighs> Quite good. Quite good. Uh, by the way, we distribute this as an audio version. Uh, Spotify and other podcast platforms, if you would like to ever listen to it on audio, you can do so there. T-Root is here. T-Root, where are you calling from? T-Root is here. T-Root, where are you calling from? 
T root. T root is here. Oh, unmuting, muting. I, he might not be able to hear us, or he might not be able to communicate. He worked just. It was just fine a second ago in the waiting room, right? Yeah, I heard this him in the waiting room. The Discord bug. You want to Good drag him Discord back there and talk bug. to him again? Yeah. Okay. We're we're off to a great start, everyone. Episode one ninety nine is going to be the greatest great. episode. See, it's the scuffed ep episode before the episode everyone cares about, which is yes, episode exactly, which is basically the story of my life. So yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> Kelsey, where where are you at these days? Are you in uh, in I'm, Seattle? I was in uh, Denver for holiday weekend because that's where my mother lives. So. Oh, nice. Fun fact. Well. Congratulations on which is why Denver. I have a uh, Stranahan's because it's in Colorado. You're what? You have what? Oh, the Stranahan's. Gotcha. Okay. It's one of the only single malt whiskeys that the U.S. produces. So. Wow, I can't believe there are people that didn't know that. Okay, Felipe is here. Felipe, where are you calling from? Hey, I'm from Costa Rica. Costa Rica. Have you been on the show before? No, I've never been. Well, welcome to the show. Uh, great to talk to you. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Um, I wanted to ask Kelsey, what does she think is like the best format for Academy? You know, you have to balance like the development part and also like the competitive part that Academy players need. And I would also like to know her thoughts on the four big ERL teams, uh, league, sorry. I think it was, you know, the Spanish, the French, then the German and Austria, and then the Polish league. Uh, also, I think the Northern Europe uh, will have the same format as the LEC. I don't know if that's a good thing or if Riot or the LEC should take these leagues for format experimentation. Okay, so oh, I think, okay, what do you sorry. what do you think? Yeah, I, I I'll, I'll sort of upgrade his question or not side grade it. I don't want to say upgrade, but um, what do you what do you think of the current academy format, Kelsey? And maybe we can sort of play off of that as your iteration on what the the best format is, uh, in your opinion, for Academy? So I think this is a really uh, interesting conversation because I think that a lot of Academy teams really disliked like the spring 2021 format, which had, just to fill people in, it was basically you played nine games and you had a ton of weeks off if you were a top six team and you went into Proving Grounds like that. I think that I like that format because my favorite times as an academy coach were times where you had a lot of scrim time to practice concepts and have like very clear goals to execute those concepts and improve. Downside to that format is that if you have less stage games, it can be easy to get caught in like the scrim bubble of this works well in scrims, but not on stage. I think with a lot of experience in coaching, you are able to tell the difference between those two things. So for me, like that kind of format is so really cool for development, uh, almost purely development, having a lot of time to do scrims. I think what they're doing now strikes a very good balance, which is BO2s into Proving Grounds, because that gives you more stage games and opportunity to adapt. I personally think BO2 is the optimal format for regular season. And this is a bad take by most people. Most people consider this a bad take, I would say, because a lot of people like the finality of the conclusion of a BO3. If you win both games in a BO2, you get three points versus one point, and that's usually how the format goes. 
So that's why I really like the Odus, because that's exciting. You get a lot of rewards for being super dominant. But obviously, if you go 1-1 all the time, <laughs> which EG Academy didn't, did a lot this season, you get kind of punished for that in terms of the format. Um, I think I still really like the O2s. I think that it gives you the opportunity to experiment while also giving shorter series that are easy to plan around for the tournament admins and for viewers. So I really like the O2s for Academy. And it also takes away this idea of one of the, the biggest things working with players who climb up on the ladder is getting them to divorce this idea of game results from success. Because when you're playing for development, there is a need to uh, focus more on, okay, we are getting better, we are accomplishing goals, as opposed to we are winning scrims, we are winning games, we are winning X, Y, and Z. And I think that a lot of times it's very difficult for players who climb up in the ladder who get to challenger and get noticed and get tried out by winning games almost purely and, and like single-handedly carrying because let's let's put it honestly here if you're a good player in solo queue you get to challenger by taking all the gold on yourself and hard carrying all the time so divorcing that concept from how do you win in a team environment is is the challenge i think of academy and amateur and so bo2s actually are very great for that situation. So I love BO2s. And I think that the, the current format of BO2s into like time off to focus up for the top teams to focus on concepts into proving grounds is actually an, a really great structure. Like I love this structure so much. So, so uh, you, you feel like the current format is, is ideal. The one that they're going into next year. Yeah. I think the, they're like tweaking it sl slightly. Right. But the format that we just had for summer, I think was great personally. Mm -hmm. And then, and then the other quick question I had is you, you mentioned like on stage games or whatever, or stage games, there's not next year going to really be the stage games that you're okay, talking about. So, right? so when I say stage games, right? Like, especially in COVID times, it's a bit more ambiguous because it's like stage games can be considered to be like online matches. So just matches, I should say. As opposed to scrims. But so they're like changing it versus matches. to next year so that teams don't need to actually be in LA. Like, I don't think, I'm guessing yep. finals are the only thing that's on stage. Or... Yeah, teams don't have to be in LA, but they'll fly them out for like proven grounds, um, like higher matches, right? So that's why, or, or that's the ideal thing. Yeah. That's what they planned out forever is for proven grounds itself to be kind of stage. Um, and that's like the eventual goal, to my understanding, is that all of proven grounds itself is like a stage tournament. So I really liked before the um, academy system where they had stayed one stage match a week for academy teams. I thought that was very cool. Yeah. I think that there's a lot that you lose in an optimal academy system by not requiring the teams to be in LA, to be frank. Yes. Because I, because I think that it's hard to get this and a lot of teams don't achieve this. But when you do have like an organic interaction between players, it's like the LCS players come back from their stage games and the Academy players watch the games. Because the, obviously the Academy players are going to watch the games and they'll be very critical and they'll watch the previews of the players that they're behind. And they'll come and then they'll talk to the players that they're behind and they'll say, oh, 
why did you do X, Y, and Z? And then sometimes the LCS players will be like, rah, 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 rah. but sometimes they'll be like, oh, I thought X, Y, and Z. And then so it's it's very useful for that kind of inter organic interaction to occur. I think the that's obviously missing, right? It's also missing to have the ability to sub academy players in, had them have like on-site coaching, like all the those aspects from like I think EG is one of, is a team I've been on that's had just incredible good interaction between the LCS level and the academy level. Like it's been very organic, very strong. The LCS coaches coming down and helping the academy players all the time. Um, that that's kind of missing when you don't have your academy team on sites. So this means that you guys will be keeping your academy team in LA then. Yes. Okay. So EG will. I'm very curious Whoa, which teams will and which teams won't. Big drops. Yeah, yeah. Huge leak. Insane leak. Yeah, I am very ex interested to see which teams do not field their academy teams in in LA because, as you just said, I think it's it's a really big deal. Mark, sorry, right, I know Papa you've Smith. been... Oh, he already said it. I, I just saw Papa Smithy's name before even reading his 100T message. 100T also says Papa Smithy. Right afterwards, Danon says Golden Guardians 2. Okay. All the cool kids oh, okay, are here okay. leaking that their okay. rosters for Academy are staying in LA. Where's TL? I brought, up the, I brought out the big dick competition. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I like it. What are your facilities? Everyone, give me your square footage of your Academy facilities. That's the real dick measuring contest for... It's good. Somebody's going to be like, you know, Diamond Bar is technically in L.A. County. You know, it's the broader, it's the greater L.A. area. Uh, it'll be interesting. Okay, Mark, sorry, I know I, I asked her a couple of questions. I think you had at one point in time. Well, uh, there was one that I was going to ask, and Dana kind of mentioned it too, about the lack of stage matchups, which can matter for both. Some people think stage matchups matter a lot for development, but also I think uh, for public perception. Um, I, I don't know how many people watched... I mean, obviously, everyone working in the scene should watch everything um, at that level. Uh, but, you know, for some players who had good parts of the season and then struggled a little bit during Proving Grounds, I feel like, and I could be wrong, you correct me, I feel like Team Liquid did really well. Team Liquid Academy did really well at some parts, but then I, didn't they, they bust her out in one of the, the Proving Ground tournaments? Um, and, like, is there any concern that a limited amount of stage games means that public perception goes a little bit too heavily on the highly publicized proving ground tournament? So I think that if you are overly reliant on stage games, so, okay, two things. One, okay. I think stage games are extremely valuable if we are defining stage games, not the way that I defined it going into this conversation, which was strictly stage games, right? Um, I think if you're talking about online game pro matches, Right, you you're talking about like a competitive match, games. not a not a scrim. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like online competitive matches. If you're evaluating online competitive matches more highly than scrims, then you're probably not able to set a good culture of practice in scrims. Um, and I think that that's something that's super important for for player development and improvement. If you are able to to set that culture, then I think the stage matches themselves, so like being physically on stage, right, is going to be the most important thing because players change in that kind of environment. Like they, they respond very differently. And I think that to an extent you can get that from online pro matches, like players will also respond differently to those. But I think the most valuable practice is obviously stage practice. So yes, there will be an overvaluing proving grounds if Proving Grounds is on stage. But I also think 
you have to be a team that's it's especially if you're an academy team because most academy teams almost get a free rides proven grounds right so you have to be an exceptionally like difficult player or a player that might not succeed um or a team that has like a very very toxic environment in some way either from your coaching staff your upper management whatever uh, to not make it to Proving Grounds as an academy team. So I think that almost all uh, academy teams will get that kind of environment or that kind of experience. And then it's down to the coaches and the organizations to make the practice itself productive and meaningful. Hey, Felipe. I, uh, or is it, is it Felipe or Philippe? Caller. Felipe is okay. Felipe. Uh, I don't know if we have enough time to go to your, your ERL question. Um, but yeah. I do want to thank you for calling in. Is there anything you want to I shout out? I just wanted to say uh, one extra thing to add to what Sh yeah, go Mark's for it. point. I also think that the proving routes can add, it can add more pressure because it's like the last tournament of the year and because I, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that all academy players have one-year contracts. So I think like the proving ground um, is also like... Huh? Usually academy players have at least two-year contracts. But a lot oh, of the okay, times they'll be traded or okay. resolved after one year. So okay, it's okay, still relevant, yeah. But my point is like proving grounds is like the biggest moment where players can feel like they're playing for their next contract. You know, so apart from the part that it can be in stage, it also gives that extra point that it's like you know, playing for the back, if you get what I mean. No, yeah, I think it I think I, oh, go ahead, Kelsey. I was just going to say, I definitely agree with you because I think that um, placing at the top of the Proving Grounds tournament it, or academy in general is overrated because scout, very minimal scouting is done past the team that places first. For example, you look at the difference between 100 Thieves Academy this year versus TL Academy, the amount of players that made LCS off of 100 Thieves Academy versus the amount of players that made LCS off of TL Academy, it's it's very interesting where had LCS offers or options. It's um, very interesting to see kind of the difference in interest that occurred just because it's like, okay, they didn't win. And you could talk a lot about, okay, scouting these players individually. Maybe they don't pass as much buster in X, Y, and Z. But I feel like this has been consistently true. Um, like C9 Academy has won and their players as a result of winning have been part of these like big kind of like buyout deals, right? So I think that there needs to be more in-depth scouting on Academy before we can say, you know, okay, uh, there's a lot of value, there's less value put on proving grounds and more value put on development. Because right now, I think you're doing a disservice to your players if you don't acknowledge the fact that scouts themselves don't look super deep into Academy. Hey, uh, Felipe, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out uh, before we go on to our next caller? Oh yeah, shout out to Allenware and Gamefuel, and I would also like to apologize for my English. You know, it's like my second language, so it's not like very good. Your English yeah, was great, great. Perfect, dude. Dude, yeah. your English was better than like most of our callers, quite frankly. <laughs> so. uh, thank you, appreciate it. Thank you so much for the call. Have a good one. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, Mark is off to grab our next caller. Uh, thank you to Jordan. Uh, for the 44 months, Smoke Dog for 30, and ProStar as well. Thank you to all of our, our subs. Ari's really appreciated it. Or Ari's really appreciate it. 
when you're dropping those Prime Gaming subs. By the way, if you guys are who are watching live want to stick around afterwards to help support the stream uh, while I do some sponsor stuff, that would be super swell. Tim is here. Tim, where are you calling from? I am calling from Northampton, England. Northampton. We, we're not getting any uh, North American callers today, I guess. What uh, What do you want League to talk about? League is dead. <laughs> it's uh, it's just my legacy as an EU coverage person. What What do you What do you want to talk about on the show, Tim? Um, so basically, I'm, I think that the changes to both academy and amateur in 2021 were a massive success. Um, oh, okay. The support shown by certain organizations is reminiscent to me of the larger youth development teams in traditional sports. Um, oh. Plus, as a nocturnal British viewer, it's uh, nice to have more content to watch. <laughs> what? Yeah. So first off, actually, my very first question for you is like, you're in Europe. Yep. Why are you watching like why? I knew it was going to be why Academy at North America Amateur at Academy like that's, that's I'm not like saying that they suck I'm or just, something I'm just like League of Legends man I know but there's so much League there's of Legends There's LPL there's LCK there's Europe there's the ERLs you know like what there's, is it about there's there's Academy. something to me about watching it when it's live and if I'm awake and I see that Proving Grounds or Academy or whatever is on, I'm just like, I'm going to have that on. Is there a time? Is there a time where that stuff is on in LCK, LPL, like where it's the only thing that's on? That's the only I'm trying to. Yeah, understand. those yeah. those definitely do not conflict with the LPL, LCK. Those but only the, conflict with like, yeah, Brazil? they don't conflict with anything. Yeah. <laughs> There's got to be other League of Legends going on at that time. But anyway, sorry. Okay. No. Uh, Tim. <laughs> Tim Okay, so you were saying it's like it reminds you a lot of, of traditional sports. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Since myself and others are probably less familiar with what you're you're going for there. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so you've got teams like Ajax in Holland um, and FC Midtjylland in Denmark that really focus on um, trying to bring through youth talent into their main team and training soccer? youth talent to sell to other teams. Um, and this really reminds me of what. EG and Hundred Thieves in particular are trying to do it within North America. Um, and personally, I was really hoping that in uh, spring playoffs, we would actually get the um, EG Academy versus ED Prodigy's final that we all wanted. Okay. And yeah, just to just be clear, that, this, these, these teams, teams that you're referring to are uh, soccer, uh, soccer teams, correct? Okay, yeah. gotcha. Okay, gotcha. Um, okay, so... Uh, what what do you want to speak? Do you want to speak to this first, Kelsey? Given that it's a sort of an EG Academy take. Uh, so the take was that the changes was really successful, right? Yeah. I just want to want to make it, it, it was really successful that, in that the hundred team EG it, specifically remind him, I think, of of the development well, that's going on in these these other leagues. And and the other thing I I'd, I'd want to ping Tim really quick about is did did he watch Academy in previous seasons or was there something this year that hooked him or or something? Uh, I did watch it a bit, but I definitely watched a lot more this year. And maybe that's just because there was more games. <laughs> there was a lot more games this year that were streamed, um, and so maybe that's why. But I definitely watched a lot more than previous years. I think that the current format is a lot more relatable to like a European audience in terms of like how European sports structures function. Europeans love ties. I researched. I mean, not because of ties, but I researched because of um, the fact that it, there was this like this weird 
obsession in Europe of doing X, Y, and Z. So um, I think that there is more similarity with the current structure than the previous one, which is like qualifying into a, uh, a higher league via like regional league performance, things like that. I think that makes more sense. We can't really do regional leagues because I think our population is not large enough. Um, but we can do like amateur academy. And I think having like those tiers is really cool, in my opinion. Um, it gives a lot of translation and a lot of things to work for, especially if you're like a solo queue player. It's like, okay, I'll start an amateur for an LCS org. And then I can make my way to academy and then LCS. It makes the path, I think, in some ways a lot clearer. Perving Grounds is to me something that's way more exciting to watch than academy or academy playoffs because you have this opportunity of an amateur team without an lcs org to upset everything like ha what happened with norg which the norg story is so cool where they have halfway through the splits you know they were paid like a decent amount of money but halfway through the split because of poaching regulation i will say um there was like basically they lost their organization and they had no money but they still won the entire thing you know even though they weren't paid they they stuck together and i'm not saying that's good for the league but i'm saying that's good for the storylines and for the viewership audience to see that kind of thing happening so for me like proving grounds is exciting because i think like when we see people who enjoy the recent in-houses the the na in-houses People love seeing like LCS players versus amateur players, LCS play academy players versus amateur players, like all that sort of thing. So I enjoy that. I, I did you have a sort of thought, Kelsey, on what what uh, Tim was speaking to with regards to what uh, EG and Hundred T are doing? Um, I mean, I was part of both teams doing things. So yes, okay, great stuff. I well, mean, uh, I'm not going to say that I'm biased in this regard, but I definitely am. So <laughs> I don't know if I can speak like objectively in Tim, this particular case. Tim, is part of the reason you like the idea of North American teams developing their own talent because it will help prevent European talent from coming over? You're like, yeah, we need to turn the faucet on of North American talent to stop all this LEC stealing. I mean, how many of the... Uh... LEC talent have moved over in the last couple of years did well, other than Abadagi. <laughs> I mean, I we think Alfari did pretty well. I have well, a... Alfari did well when he was playing, yeah. <laughs> yes. I have a controversial take on this subject, okay? I think sure. that EU teams do better when we take their players. I think this is like one of the worst years because we had so few imports because of COVID um, relative to normal. So and they didn't weren't forced to like recycle upcycle talent, not recycle, upcycle talent. So they didn't have like fresh perspective on the game. They didn't, they weren't forced to have like players promoted. So, you know, for my POV, I think like EU loves it when we import their players, it makes them more competitive. So the LCS yeah, is call, calling the herd of LEC pros is actually strengthening the league. This is a very interesting take, Kelsey. I mean, if look at the two of the teams that did the best this season in Mad Lines and Rogue. Where did they get their players from? They got their teams from. They got their players from Academy because they couldn't pick up big name players from other teams. 
Isn't there an argument it. that when we go take their best players, like of course the newer talent is going to look good because they aren't competing against like the established players anymore? I mean, I think the the game changes too much, Travis. I think that's the the difference is that the game changes too much. So let's say you're a more mature, experienced player, right? And then you have a particular way that you understand how to win. So changing from that mindset becomes more difficult. Um, I think the best players can, but you see a lot of young talent having like new ideas and being more adaptable to how the game changes. And I think that that's, those, those are situations where you've seen like teams like Damon rise up. You've seen teams like um, Mad Lions do well in the context of their region, stuff like that. So I think that there's definitely, because I think that there's definitely a place for experienced players, for sure. Um, I think part of the reason why NA is so reliant on inexper on experienced players is because our solo queue server is bad. So it's a bad place to brew and develop new and innovative ideas on playing the game. Um, but I think that in general, if you have like a better solo queue server, like Europe, Korea, things like this, then you're in a situation where young rising people being more flexible will always have a way to push the region forward. So. Gotcha. Okay. Well, Tim, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we take a quick break? Yeah, just thanks for having me on and shout out to Whiskey for being awesome. Very, very good. Have a good one. Bye. All right. Time to uh, take a quick break to talk about Alienware. If you're watching live, their 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 Cyber Monday deals might still be going. Uh, so you might want to head over to Alienware.com. By the way, thank you guys. I know that our... I like to pretend that it was... Uh, under extreme duress from the people that were pummeling the website to get through. Uh, but I do appreciate the folks that told me that Alienware.com slash Travis was down. We, it took a little bit to get it fixed up, but uh, it's back up if you tried it last uh, week. Uh, so right now, actually, Cyber Monday deal. So if you click the banner up at the top for the uh, Alienware Aurora on my on my webpage, the Alienware.com slash Travis, you will see... Uh, all the, the cool Auroras, but there's also a link up at the top that says deals continue through 12.5. So it's not just the Cyber Monday deals that are going on right now, but also between now and uh, Sunday, the 5th, uh, you'll be able to get access to the lowest prices of the year uh, through through these. And they, they're doing these drops, essentially, these limited time drops where you go over, you'll see that they have so many that are claimed. So like right now, here's an Alienware M15 Ryzen R5 uh, notebook. Normally, uh, est uh, you know, estimated value seventeen twenty nine, priced down to uh, eleven ninety nine. It's a thirty one percent savings. It's twenty eight percent claimed. So you can go get that with a thirty sixty in it and sixteen gigs of RAM or something. So if you're in the market, all I'm suggesting is go to Alienware.com/travis, click the banner at the top, and then keep an eye on the deals uh, that are sort of filtering through right now. Um, so you know, some of these I know obviously people have talked about supply chain issues. Some of this stuff is ready to ship right now. Uh, this Alienware M15 R6 gaming laptop, by the way. So you you could be you know head over, grab something awesome, and have it sent your way in a in a very short time. So go check out Alienware.com/travis. We love their support of the show and uh, and so much of what we do here at TGI. So thank you to Alienware and again Alienware.com/travis. All right, on to the next caller. Mark is off grabbing them. Thank you to Craig Yorger for the Prime. Uh, thanks to everybody dropping their Primes in the chat. It's always appreciated. 
Uh, Kelsey Moser the other day dropped. What did you drop? You dropped. You got into like a bidding war a month ago, I think, and you dropped like a hundred yeah. in the chat. Yeah, that's what happens when I drink. So you should be encouraging me to drink. Is that okay. I drop a lot of money on Travis Gafford sub gifts. Well, I don't. I don't want to uh, encourage poor choices. Time. Just just <laughs> to get you to the sub. Uh, but I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. Gengarifith is here. Gengarifith, you. I've, I'm familiar with you. You've been around for a while. Um, and you, have you called in previously? You've called in before. I've called in a couple times. Yes. Okay. Remind everyone where you're calling from. I'm calling from Lexington, Kentucky. From Kentucky. What do you want to talk about on the show? So um, my take is that if TSM imports minute support, their roster is the biggest disappointment of all the rosters built this offseason, regardless of how well they do. So it doesn't matter if they import. The biggest disappointment does not matter. Uh it, you're, it's, it doesn't matter who they're importing. You just think that if they import, big disappointment. Yeah, I but mean, what like, if they, what if they get literally chubby? I I honestly could care less. So my 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 thing is oh like, oh my god, the only person to ever say that was words. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm I, okay. Chobi is development piece. I'm I'm saying it now. Okay, Kelsey's drinking. Sorry, he needs to come over to NA to develop. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Elaborate. Help us understand. Okay. So, I mean, like, at least with, like, I don't know, Cloudline, Team Liquid, they didn't, like, say one thing and do another. But I feel like with Reggie's announcement about how they were going to look within to invest, uh, because spending all the money in the previous couple of years hasn't really amounted to a whole lot. Um, and then to turn around and import for mid and support just feels really bad, especially since we, we have some good academy amateur mid supports that or people that just are, haven't been like they just don't are they're kind of teamless right now right some veterans that could uh um be there with speaker and tactical i don't know i just it just feels so weird when we have stuff here that they after saying they wanted to invest in the invest internally they just want to look elsewhere for mid support so i don't so think to be clear names in their messaging, sorry, really quickly, I don't. They said folk, uh, Papa Smithy pointing this out, said they would focus on young talent, not young NA talent. So to be fair, Gengar, if it's not like they were saying like, yeah, we're gonna find academy players or something. I guess, I guess to be fair, I guess to be fair, the the phrase is like, uh, if we want domestic results, we'll look, need to look within. If we want international results, our teams in NA need to work together. And I guess to be fair, maybe when they say we we'll need to look within, they're talking about management pieces. But a lot of the community took that as Oh, okay. They're instead of talking about imports like the last or it lifting import restrictions the last couple of years, most of the community took that as uh, they're looking to invest in their amateur academy and in a the development pipeline, right? Yeah. Um, and so I, it, I to be fair to Reggie, maybe maybe he never intended that. Maybe he always meant something else when he said we'll need to look with him. Maybe just like management wise or something. The the um, other thing. Oh, sorry. Continue. No, you're fine. Go ahead. I was going to say the other thing to mention is I know you're like they don't want to spend money and so they should be looking. There are players who are like you mentioned there are players that are teamless in North America uh, and you also mentioned there are these academy players they could pick up. A lot of the teamless players are teamless because they didn't want to uh, take a lower offer than what they thought they should be. And then a lot of the academy players are team are not teamless. They are on academy teams because there are buyouts that other teams did not want to pay for those players. And so I, I would, I mean, I know it sounds a little counterintuitive, but there are players you can, you can 
import uh, from other regions that are actually cheaper than North American talent, as, as bizarre as it is, depending on the region and depending on the player. Uh, I mean, fair, but I, again, I'd rather, if they're going to spend, you know, all the money that they try to invest in, I'd rather it, I, I, I don't know. I just, when it sounded like it'd be here and then it isn't, it just feels really bad. Yeah. So I'm, I might be jaded, but I just never expected TSM to make like an NA development roster like ever. So I'm not going to be disappointed regardless. Uh, I'm curious specifically who you would want them to pick up though. That would be my um, I mean, I guess it depends on if you want like a veteran mid. Uh, okay, let's let's just assume Jensen's contract's too expensive or something like that. Sure, whatever. Jazuke's around. And I know he's not NA, but he's he's here. He seems to care about NA. He seems to care about the teams here. Um, we've if you want to go younger, we've got like RJS, Five Fire that are coming up that seem really good. They probably need some more veteran. You'd probably need to get a veteran support at that point to like round it out. And sure, maybe at that point and vort. But like, it's just, uh, I don't know. Um, do you want me to list some supports, or I can keep going? I don't how, know. how are Jensen or Jazuke development talents? They're not, but I'm. I'm. They're here, and they. I don't know. Jensen's built his career in NA, so I. I get that he's not NA born, but most people just like Bjergsen or. Um, some other players consider them to be NA. Like I'm saying, like if if they're not gonna if they're gonna go full development, that's fine. Uh, and and if, I'd rather them get sixth place going full development than get first uh, importing whatever the next best you know thing is that they can get. Uh, but I, if they are going to go for like they still want to be competitive, um, and then maybe they're thinking when they're thinking young, they think tactical and speak are the young ones um, that they're trying to develop, then sure, okay, uh, you can get some. Uh, like Jizuke and Jensen kind of thing that's older. All right, let me let me help Gengar Griffith out. I'll give a less extreme version of his take. Obviously, if you get first place, you're probably actually happy. I feel like most TSM fans will be happy if whatever they decide to import ends up being better than TL and 100 Thieves. Um, but I understand that there's a world where if you're looking at third and fourth again and maybe not making worlds, you would be more excited about more domestic talent. And while he didn't say we're looking, while he didn't say explicitly we're looking at young NA talent, he said, if we want, spending more won't solve our problems. If we want domestic results, we need to look within. That seems to say North American players. He also says, if we want international results, our teams in North America need to work together, presumably with the idea of being able to make contracts not an issue between building rosters like if if they think they want to give kenvi a chance or uh tenacity or you know just anyone in general like if there's young players in the academy who are good are, the org shouldn't be getting in the way of making north america better um in terms of getting these players onto the teams that they should be on that is presumably how i took his messaging and so i can see a world where to the caller's point a lot of TSM fans were like, oh, okay, we're going to do something we haven't really done before and like elevate some players that Parth and the coaching staff believe in. And then to not do that and go imports, um, even if they are younger imports, that doesn't quite align with the messaging. And maybe that was just a miscommunication, but I can definitely see how the assumption was NA players. Um, but so. Mark, this is, I'm kind of, you know, last week we had that caller who was like, hey, Cloud9 is building the team Mark has always wanted. Is there a world where TSM does this, where they're building the team you always wanted again, you know, with the, for those who didn't watch? 
Yeah, like for those that didn't know, Mark has talked in the past about how like, hey, instead of importing washed vets or whatever, you should import, you know, go, go find the people that are in the development league. And instead of waiting until they have spent three years on in the main league, like grab them now. So like from, I know that you're just playing devil's advocate and taking Grand Graves the side, Mark, but I'm kind of curious, like, do you think there's a world where TSM goes out and buy and, and finds two um, L LDL, that's what it's called, Kelsey, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, teams or players and, players. and brings them in. Mm -hmm. I mean, my, my two cents would be like, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I would love to see what that looks like. Um, the only thing is that the scouting and support structures in North America for Chinese players seems significantly more limited than Korean, just due to the history of the organizations and uh, teams where a lot of Coaching staffs are have a, a coach or two from Korea. A bunch of them have a couple Korean players. You know, like it feels like it's a lot bigger of investment beyond just signing a couple players. Where for for Cloud Nine, yeah, they had to invest, but they already had Rainover um, and, and other people who could could speak Korean, presumably. And and it's, it's just an easier pipeline. Like I don't know who your contact. Like, there's a lot of contacts you presumably have in Korea that it, I don't know who people have in China. So, I mean, I don't think it's that hard to have contacts in China because I have them. Okay. Um, well, so there you go. <laughs> the other thing is, is obviously like TSM. So like speaking in terms of the, the, the infrastructure and the, the situation that occurs, um, TSM have, <clears throat> excuse me, TSM had their, have, sorry, Peter Zhang. Yep. And they have a lot of Mandarin speaking players already within their ecosystem. Um, a lot. I think that this is like something that they've almost in some ways focused on. Like they, they brought over Swordheart. Uh, Spica, to my understanding, has um, some other speaking. He, he definitely can, yeah. Spica um, talked about so, in an interview with me going to LPL if he, if he ever decided yeah. to leave TSM. So so it's like there's, there's definitely that infrastructure. I think like TSM is one of the teams that's like best positioned, right? Arguably speaking. The other thing that I will say, though, is that I've always disagreed with this take from Mark <laughs> because I think that our solo queue, and if you talk to the average uh, coaching staff, I won't say like every coaching staff, but we are not in a position to give players from other regions better development opportunities than, exi than what exists within their regions right now. And that's something that we need to improve on before we can become like a development destination, in my opinion. So yeah, I mean, I, one thing I'll say is I've always said, like, I doubt if we got Chovy pre becoming LCK superstar Chovy, mm -hmm. that he then becomes LCK superstar Chovy. Um, but it was always a, an idea of where it's like, does he get 80% there? Is 80% Chovy still better than? Mm hmm. I mean, I, I would say I that know. my my argument is that I would rather have because I think like NA players they have no alternative, right? Um, LCO slash OPL, whatever you want to call it now, like the Oceanic region, they have no better alternatives. Like there are a lot of like subregions they don't have better alternatives for playing solo queue for for development opportunities. Um, so NA then becomes you know like a place where they could be extremely motivated extremely charhat and so despite coaching stats in some cases those players can achieve more um so that's where whereas like you bring in a lot of imports from 
Europe LCK, and then they actually drop off a Blake Solicue. So you have to be very selective in terms of the players that you bring over because they might come to NA. And I actually don't really like the idea of importing grinders because they a lot of times grinders will come here and then they'll see the NA Solicue quality and they'll just be like, damn, this sucks. Like a lot of players who learn by grinding, they really struggle here. Um, so this is why it's 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 like a, an interesting and nuanced conversation where for me it's like in order for the region to grow, we have to improve the improve the quality of solo queue available, which to me means investing in the talent that is going to be already playing the solo queue. Um, so that's like the the conversation and the topic that you end up having or discussing um, when you're talking about importing young players that theoretically can be developed here. It's like, again, you think, okay, if we bring Chovy over, he's 16 or whatever, you have him play Academy, and maybe he becomes like 70, 80% Chovy. Is that a shame for the international audience? I also think that Mark doesn't care about the international audience. Mark just wants us to be great. Hell, they got plenty of fans in China. They don't need Chovy. I mean, I also think if we bring Chovy over, he's still a development prospect. Like, I think everyone saw his TF game where he was up CS and didn't understand the map rotations. So he still has to learn that, in my opinion. Kelsey's just Um, so I don't know. This is like this, but I think this is a really interesting debate to have, or a really interesting conversation to have, because I, I spent a lot of time talking about this. So I also think that that is part of the reason I'm excited to see C9 do do a bit of a version of this, you know, with with some more developmental players. You could argue. Uh, I mean, Summit obviously notwithstanding, um, but at least like it's something people are trying. I think it's worth looking into. I'm not, you know, maybe it, it crashes and burns, maybe. Uh, Berserker isn't significantly better than NA Academy options and it's just like well why did you <laughs> not just invest in NA Academy who, who knows um, but I, I think it's it's a route that hadn't really been tried before outside of like Seraph I guess and a couple other really specific players I uh... <laughs> Seraph is uh, a whole other conversation it's I think a can he... of worms <laughs> okay okay yeah okay um... okay I, I will say we that, that the path. thing about C9 that I respect before we move on is that they have a very clear goal and what they want to achieve, uh, coaching wise, player wise, all of these things. Mm-hmm. So I respect that, you know, um, even if I don't fully agree with it. And I'll be excited to see uh, where it goes. Okay. Uh, really quickly, uh, to bring it back to the caller stake, which was about TSM, Gengar Ifith, uh, I Here's what I will say for you. I think, uh, and I've been thinking about this a lot, I think next year is going to be a very interesting year for TSM fans because even though they haven't had like the best performances compared to their historical best over the past couple of years, I think TSM fans became TSM fans in a lot of situations, not all fans, but because that was a team that won. And they won and they won and they had these great results and they had Bjergsen who... In most splits was the best mid laner in the league and all this stuff. So I think where I will kind of back you up, Gengar Ifith, is like if they go out and they grab two LPL players or um, players from that region that people don't really know anything about and don't have much like of a history with, and then they fail to create a lot of content around these players and make them people that fans care about, and then they also fail to get results with those players. And meanwhile, you've got like Bjergsen crushing it on team liquid, possibly, you know, 
um, AG looking, uh, you know, competitive, like all these teams, Hunter T, continue, whatever. I have to say all these names because everybody's in the chat. Uh, but like, I, I, I think there's a world here Kinda where. Like, pandering to LCS teams as usual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think there's a world here where like next year is a, a tough year for TSM. And like, I'll, and I, to your point, I do wonder if. They, if they did a, something where they like brought in Jazuke and they brought in, I don't know, whoever else, like an academy support or something, and they told this narrative of like, hey, look, we've got like North American talent and like we got Jazuke coming in here and like everybody loved, he was the all pro mid laner for next year. I know there's some TSM fans that are like, oh, I don't want Jazuke, but like I, I do wonder if that would have been at least a better fandom move than potentially the path that they are it's suggested or theorized that they're going down now obviously if they show up next year and like they crush it with these players like i think it'll be fine but i just wonder how many tsm fans will stay engaged with either the league or with tsm uh next year if they have players that people don't know about and they aren't putting out the results uh i think there's a lot of moments where it's like okay well then why that person might be asking themselves, like, why am I, I caring or supporting TSM or whatever? I know there's some diehard TSM fans where, like, they could become the next CLG and they'd stick around, but yeah. Gengarifith. Yeah. Thank you for the call. Is there anything you want to say really quickly before we uh, give you your shout outs? Uh, no, I can just go ahead and start my shout outs. I feel like I've taken up so <laughs> a good bit of time. Go for it. Um, shout out to CLG for putting a lot of content out of their new roster. Shout out to the Peter Dunn Discord. Uh, and Peter Dunn gave me some calming advice uh, earlier today. Uh, shout out to all the high school teams that are about to start their end of season uh, state tournaments um, this week and next week. Um, and then shout out to my wife for letting me stay up and uh, talk while she's trying to sleep. Nice. Shout out. Uh, thanks so much for the call, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you all. Barbar in the chat says the TSM Reddit is hype for young players from China. I swear Travis loves the thought of TSM doing bad. I mean, quite frankly, like TSM doing bad is bad for the league, uh, probably at least in the short term. So I wouldn't say that I love the thought of it. Uh, secondly, like the TSM subreddit is not representative of TSM fans as a whole. I think that there are a lot of TSM fans who are probably don't know that Bjergsen has left yet, for instance. Like, that is a, a tiny microcosm of it. I think there's a lot of TSM fans that are like, you know, they tune in every other weekend or during playoffs or whatever, and they root for TSM. So I don't think that the TSM subreddit is, like, indicative of that. And, like, look, if they bring in young players from China, I hope the TSM subreddit is still as hyped about those players if, like, they're getting 7th or 6th in spring split. Because I think that's more my concern is, like, will tsm fans whether like dropping out of the top five for instance um i think that's that's a, a bigger question see twitch chat people are realizing that bjerg just left now um by the way i do love the tsm subreddit uh they are i think it's my favorite time. team that's where i got my my chovy meme so gotcha yeah. uh, okay we've got two people in the chat yeah, so I had initially pulled Lizard Wizard because he had a CLG take, and then Biora wanted to come on and also talk about CLG, Biora being CLG's uh, analyst from last year. So 
I thought former. It, I, former. Um, I figured I would uh, bring him on though to discuss together because it was one of those things where I ended up pulling two people who basically had the same topic, um, but one obviously with a little bit more insider knowledge. Okay, well let's start first off. I'll introduce both of them. Lizard Wizard, welcome to the show. Where are you calling from? Hey, I'm calling from Australia. Australia. Oh my God, we can't get. What is this? Is uh, three of the four uh, from outside the North America? Uh, and then, okay, so you're, we got an Aussie here. Biora, where are you calling from? Excuse you, Riot moved North Australia to be right next to North America geographically. That's, that's true. We got a North American here. Okay, Biora, where are you calling from? Hi, I'm calling from Seattle. Seattle. Okay. Clearly now part of the evil geniuses, I guess. If you're whoa, 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 um, whoa. I don't know if that's official, but. Uh, I mean, I guess it is now. Wow. Okay. I had no idea, but you said can Seattle. Neither, and I know can neither confirm nor deny. Yes. Well, I He's think you stressed. might have just confirmed it. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, leaked on the show. Uh, Lizard Wizard, what is your take? I was just going to ask Kelsey her thoughts on the roster that CLG put together for next season. It's essentially made up of young NA players and academy players outside of Luger, who I think he's from Turkey originally, but he did do a year in the North American academy scene last year and looked really good. Um, and yeah, I was just wondering how she thought they may actually fare rather than, you know, importing some players from Europe or Korea and surrounding them with some veterans. Okay. And then really quickly, Biora, what did you, what was your take? I mean, the take that I had was mainly just that I thought that... So, a lot of people don't know the sort of constraints that uh, the org was on this year when it came to building the roster. And I also think that um, the players were getting a lot of, like, flack from a lot of, like, the talking heads um, that I feel like is just really weird. Like, people were shitting on Jenkins, which is crazy to me. Because if you watched him last year, like, I... This kid was, without a doubt, like, you know, top three academy, top laner, for sure. And he was holding his own very easily on TL when he subbed in, like, in my opinion. So, I don't know. Basically, my point was, I wanted to know what Kelsey thought about the roster because, in my opinion, people were giving some very shit takes. Am I allowed to curse? Sorry. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, okay. it's fine. And sorry, you also said you, you were, when you, because it sounded like you were talking about two different rosters. You said... Pe uh, people don't know what constraints CLG was under last year, and then no, you no, said no, this year. Sorry, this year. this year because of last year, because so because of the way that the budget works for um, Madison Square Garden. I don't know the exact date of when like the cutoff was for the fiscal year for them, but essentially the switch with Demonte last year really messed up the. But for, this is from my understanding, so I could be wrong, but uh, this is from what I was, uh, what, what John had mentioned to me, but basically he was under a lot of budget constraints this year. And he, and this dev roster, he ended up saving money, which is, which is crazy, because this roster, in my opinion, is really good. Like, as a, as a development roster, I don't think they're gonna come in and like smash right off the rip, but I do think that this roster has a lot of potential, and I do think that the coaching staff that he set up around them is good enough to take them to that level. So I think that like, for me, looking at what they did this year, they knocked it out of the park. And so that's why when I was seeing like everyone shitting on the roster, I was like, what the hell? Like, no shot. 
So uh, their fiscal year ends June 30th. Um, and so I guess their, their new one started on the 1st for what it's worth, 1st uh, first, uh, of July. Um, I I mean, I'm surprised that you're surprised that the roster that they built this year is cheaper than the one they had last year. No, sorry. What I meant was more so, like, the budget that was set wasn't as much as it was last year. They had um, less money. You're saying right but he still came in under that which to me was was very impressive like, gotcha okay okay that's what i was coming from and gotcha. some moves from last year supposedly cut into this budget I right and that that's why it was that's why it was lower from this is from my understanding like, okay gotcha um okay cool so uh interesting let's i guess let's just kick it over to kelsey what do you because both these these topics had a question around what do you think of the new clg roster and I don't think we talked about it last week. So, uh, what do you cool. think, Kelsey? As a this is maybe the most development yeah. of all the developments uh, or of all the LCS teams. I feel like. I mean, I think I was very unambiguous on Twitter about the fact that I am a CLG fan now, and uh, it's very awkward because I've <laughs> basically, I mean, I'll be honest. Like the last couple years, I've basically rooted for CLG to lose because they've embodied like everything that i dislike about league which is just like their Wait, roster strategy hold on, last year you were rooting for us to lose yes i mean <laughs> what, the hell, what the hell Kelsey? you cannot deny that their roster thought, strategy last year we was friends. terrible <laughs> i thought we were <laughs> like their roster strategy last year was just objectively terrible when i did my preseason power rankings i was looking at this roster and i was like what are they trying to accomplish with this because they basically just picked up a lot of players that were like historically, I guess, like role players on strong teams, right? And I was like, there is not actually a carry player on this team. Um, CLG have demonstrated so far that they don't have a sense of direction in terms of upper management and, and coaching staff. So my opinion is that they will be 10th place. And very interestingly, you know, they, they placed around there. Um, the generally, generally speaking, it was like, I'm so very surprised by the roster they put together because it just felt like, you know, that I have consistently talked about how much I think Paolo Fox got kind of shafted by the situation he was put in this year. I, I agree. I agree with you so much. The best um, NA mid in, in LCS this year, and this is someone who is like a well-known Soligo fan, okay? So I'm outing myself here. I think the biggest thing about him is that he understands win conditions on different champs very well um, and can play around those. So from that perspective, I think Palafox is someone who's like very interesting, got screwed over. Obviously, I'm a gigantic contracts fan, gigantic Poom fan, you know, surprising wait, hold that on. I would be right, that way. Wait. I think you are, sorry, my, I think we're talking about two different things. You're talking about Palafox or Blaze Olive? Palafox. She said Palafox, okay. yeah. No. Yeah, but you were. When Fox is on CLG. Right, right, no, I know, I know. But when then you also yeah. mentioned. Uh, okay, maybe I'm just gonna confuse. Sorry. Uh, but what I was yeah, I didn't going to talk mention about was all at all. Yeah. No, no, no. That was, that was right. me, me and Dane might have confused you because in Twitch chat we were both throwing right. question no, marks out about reading. who's the best I, NA mid. Right. Okay. I yeah, was reading. But I'm Twitch saying. Chat. Yeah, I got. Okay. Okay. We're back on board. Sorry, we don't need to keep unraveling this. Continue, Kelsey. Like one of the. One of my big motivations for making the tweet I did this year or recently was like, I think people kind of miss 
to an extent, misunderstand the intention of this is there are two things that you get from starting an academy player or a rookie player in an existingly strong LCS team. One is you have the experience of the existing LCS players to basically play around because most rookie players, they understand how like one way to win, you know? They understand basically one way to win. And so the existing players with their experience can facilitate that one way to win. Um, so that's why a lot of times there were more opportunities for rookie players to look strong on already successful teams. The other thing that helps in that situation is that you're not put in with the pressure of, okay, this is a seventh place team and they're putting me in to see if I can make them better, right? Or a 10th place team and they're putting me in mm -hmm. to make them better. It's like, you're already set to fail in those situations. Right. So in the case of like FlyQuest, Golden Guardians, all these teams, I have respect for the, the, the decisions that they made to be more developmental in the coming season, but I also know that they only made those decisions because of budget restrictions, right? They wouldn't have made those those decisions otherwise. So when you're doing that, it's like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna invest in this, but maybe the coaching staff you have set up isn't necessarily the coaching staff that's going to aid you in a, a developmental situation if you're mm -hmm. already if you're initially planning to make like a super team or something along those lines. Right. So that's a case where it's like, okay, um, I think what, like, for example, Gold Guardians really, really well in terms of coaching direction and things like this, because you could tell what their team was improving on week to week. FlyQuest, I think, was a team that really, really struggled in terms of direction, um, right. in terms of week to week improvements. And so for me, like, looking at a Bla at a Paul Fox and his performance and his understanding of the game going into the new season, he had a clear understanding of how to play sets. He had a clear understanding of how to play mages. He had a clear understanding of all those things and the opportunities that he could create. So for me, it was like, okay, he should be set up to succeed. And FlyQuest was not a situation where he had those opportunities. For me, that's one of the reasons why I was talking about it. It's like, okay, if he, this is a player that I think is actually very flexible and understands different win cons, if he has like better leadership structure or something around him, then he can pop off and shine. You know, so for me, seeing like contracts plus Falafox, this is a really underrated mid jungle duo, in my opinion. Depending on what the climate is, because you and other people like you keep talking about how people are flaming the CLG roster, but I only see people praising it probably because I've created an echo chamber from the people that I follow. But this is, uh, this I mean, is I, yeah, I don't see so, where people are flaming it either. I think even <laughs> the CLG subreddit is excited about it, so I'm glad you mentioned yeah, that. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm so, just very surprised. So, so I was basically uh, people. People reached out to me, telling me that on, I don't know what show it was. It was like Dominant LS, I think. Uh, that it, they were getting that that Jenkins specifically was getting trashed, and that uh, the team in general like was also getting flack. And so that's kind of where I'm coming from. Uh, and I just wanted to bring it up because, yeah, exactly. That so in the chat, uh, Gengar was saying. But they're not super hot on the roster, which to me is just like, I, I just feel like looking at it for what it is, like, which is a development roster. I, I just think it's just, I don't know. I think it's really good. So that's why I, I have a lot of, uh, I mean, I think they are need about it. sleeper in terms of like top five positioning. Do I think that they're going to go the distance and make worlds? Probably difficult, but, um, yeah, I and that's fair. They, I mean, like, I expect them to be top five potentially. I don't think that that's I think un unreasonable. Yeah, by, by the end of by by summer, I don't think they can do it in spring, but I think by uh, by I, summer they could. 
I'm glad Kelsey's validating my take because I also came in pretty hot on them. I, I I'm excited about this this lineup. So I, I'm on that train too. Um, I mean, don't they have you, a great deal of variance? You, um, like that's that's the thing with this team is like, I they could do great, but also there's because there's like a lack of veteranship there outside of I don't know contracts or whatever. Like I just don't like they could have a ton of issues and like maybe they lack leadership. So I. Like I'm not, I'm excited that they are doing this. Quite frankly, I think it's a much better idea than what they've done previously. But I don't, I can't get so, board the hype train because I'm just like, what? We, there's not like these are all good players individually, but like I'm worried about their ability to succeed as a team, and are not worried. I'm just not confident, you know. So I guess someone who's evaluated slash worked with multiple of these players, um, I'll say that. Like the thing about Puma contracts was that was so exciting. And I'll say this because I think one thing that's like super underrated about contracts because people just see him and they see, oh, this guy is a mentor and he runs it. And he goes, like the fact that contracts is planning and shot calling is as good as it is. I think it's really unexpected. Like he's one of the yeah. few players that I've worked with who actually will see plays um, like several rotations in advance and call them out. Very few I, players say... actually do that. And I think one that, of the that things... one thing that oh, like people see contracts and they see contracts. Sorry, I'm, I'm ranting about this because this no, is okay. something that tilted me for the past couple of years, right? And people will see contracts and they will see him as someone who runs it, who is like a very impulsive player. But this guy like really understands the game and understands that plays that can be made in advance and is willing to call those. I think that that is so rare, uh, especially for junglers in NA. So that's something that's very important for to, to understand from contracts. Um, I also think Contracts has, like, obviously Contracts has moments where he is impulsive, but he does have that sense for planning and that sense for um, leadership that I think people don't expect him to have given his reputation. Uh, the other thing that I think works really well between Contracts and Poom is that when Contracts gets hyphy, Poom has enough of the ability to say, no, we're recalling here. No, stop. This is the end of the play. So I think contracts and Poom, like as a duo, work really, really well together. And I'm glad to see them working together again. So that's something that I think that's very exciting. I think uh, Palafox, just based on his gameplay, he understands different one cons at different champs. He doesn't necessarily have the strongest understanding of like tempo or when a player is over. So again, like someone like Poom, very helpful in those situations. Uh, so Luger, very land dominant, aggressive AD carry. Uh, when he was evaluated in Turkey, by 100 Thieves, he was seen as like potentially a top five LCS uh, ADC already. And now I think he's played more. So I think that uh, we'll see him be very, very strong. So for me, it's like this. And then also Jenkins has played like this kind of more safe side top lane for a long time. So I think this team has a very clear direction in terms of how they will play, like mid jungle into bot over so and over. I think that this is like a, a great roster and a great sense of direction, a great uh, formation in terms of all these these check marks, ticks the boxes, and works well together. So that's why the CLG roster is exciting. Lizard Wizard. Lizard Wizard. I know that that Kelsey and Biora have run amok on this call, but it was originally, I think, your call, so I don't want to uh, to leave you out in the dark. I mean, does, has this done a good job of answering? And I guess also, what are your thoughts and expectations for the CLG roster next year? Yeah, nah, no worries. Um, look, I was, I was about to mention that it looked like that this roster had been crafted with a direction. I think Kelsey's just touched on it then. I agree. I think we only saw Luger and Poom, I think, in one game of LCS last year, which was the final game. But they, they did put a bit of a number on, on EG's bot lane. 
who are very good themselves. So I think they're up about 30 or 35 CS at 10 minutes there, which suggests that they're not afraid of getting their hands dirty and playing quite aggressive. I think, as Kelsey's mentioned earlier, um, Contracts and Palafox can be quite aggressive as a mid-jungle. They can definitely win skirmishes, assuming the meta's not Zach jungle and things like that. And I think Jenkins is happy to play weak side. So look, I'm, I'm quite impressed actually. Um, and I think it's a complete 180 from where they went last year in yeah, terms no. of this actually seems to have an idea behind it whereas last year it looked like they went oh well wild turtle made world so did finn so did broxa let's just chuck them on a roster and see how they go together um so yeah look i'm, I'm not sure where they'll where they'll place i'm excited to watch them i think they could really place anywhere depending on how the other teams go but at least it's exciting which you couldn't say for 2020 clg well, I'm going to be honest. This is more CLG than I ever want to talk about on a show. So wait, before we, before we, you've got off, I just 30 think, seconds. I just think, okay. 30 seconds. I just wanted to say one Jenkins, everyone's saying he's like a weak side top player. He plays weak side top champions for sure. But if you watch his laning, this guy is super aggressive and he plays very hard for like punishing as much as he can. Like I think I don't. And he's, he's also practicing a lot of his like carry champions. I think he has a lot of options. And I do also think when contracts, is it has a lot of options in his game and he's not getting choked out. He's one of the most creative players in the league, like, or he will be next year. And that's why I'm so excited about him. Anyway, that's all I want to say. I'm, I'm pretty I'll, happy. You made it. I'll quickly say, I don't, I don't necessarily think he has to be a weak side player, but I think in this roster, it makes sense that he often is a weak side player because I'd suggest that Luger probably has more of a chance of pushing and creating a lead than Jenkins does right now. Um, but I'm happy to hear that he is flexible, and I think that's always going to be a strength. I do think that a lot of teams, especially young teams, might fall into the trap of trying to learn too much too quick and spread themselves a bit thin. You know, like, I, I guess for me, it, it'd be nice to watch CLG learn how to play around the bot side of the map and then learn how to play around somewhere else later on. Lizard, what this do you want to This is too much out? positivity. CLG is going to suck next year. Fucking Lizard, bottom bottom three, get me out. Lizard, what do you want to talk about? Or what do you want to shout out? I'll oh, shout out to Kelsey and Biora for having a good chat. Shout out to Mark and Travis for having me on. Thanks, guys. Thank you, uh, Lizard and Biora. What do you want to shout out? Oh, I wanted to shout out uh, Secret Lab. Actually, I noticed that uh, Mark had a Secret Lab chair. Um, He's a chair. Did he really? No, but it's made by Secret Lab, right? I saw them it is the a Secret Lab and a Cloud9 chair. Yeah, yeah. Both right. I see. Yeah, yeah, So uh, I just wanted to shout them out, you know, uh, no particular reason. Um, just thought that would be a good idea. Thank you to uh, Lizard and uh, and Biora, and we'll catch you guys next time. Cheers, Matt. Catch up. All right. Uh, Mark is off to grab the next caller, and away we go. Uh, thank you to... Oh, a bunch of people sub. Thank you to C Torm, Cloak, K Mag for six months. A lot of Bonaparte for the five gifted subs. Uh, what this, was that, Mark? This take, this take had like three yeses on it. Okay. Uh, Kate, reactions. I know you've called in previously. Remind oh. me if it's Caper or Capper. Uh, it is Caper. Caper. With, where are you calling with from? With a C. Your YouTube put it as a K. Where, where are you calling from? Uh, Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Uh, where where i don't want you to dox yourself but like west side east side valley what's the closest starbucks uh the hills of malibu i just okay. dox myself completely gotcha all right whatever do i what do you want to what do you want to talk about on the show 
Um, Alright, honestly, it's pretty simple. If TSM doesn't grab Jensen, I think it would be a massive mistake. Jensen's unquestionably NA's best international mid. It not only would be their best option, but imagine the storyline. How amazing would TSM Jensen versus TSM Bjerg or TL Bjergsen be? Uh, I think it would be NA's most hyped games of the year. Also, TSM really doesn't have a good track record of uh, importing players. I so, also think uh, TSM with Jensen could compete for the number one spot in NA. Let me tell you about a player they imported in like 2013, uh, who I think recently Travis really well for them. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I kind of agree with this take. Uh, so one, I see some people saying like Jensen doesn't want to join. I've heard nothing like that. So, you know, it's just Twitch chat saying crazy shit again. Uh, two, like, I think that you, you I, presumably he should be a steal right now. I would be surprised if he wasn't willing to go down on salary to continue to play for a top team and top org. Um, and I assume his buyout has collapsed i'm not saying it's zero or whatever but i have to imagine it's not that much um because who else is gonna go for it now and steve's spending a fuck ton of money so it's probably a good idea to like get some back on this um and not just release him you know which is what i presume they will have to do uh so i i mean if he's available like this dude has consistently competed with bjergsen for best in the league and i know i know people point out at like specific splits where he's not done great so you know guess what everybody bjergsen's also had splits where he's not done great um so i i don't know i think i i agree with this i think getting bjergsen is better than than somebody you know like go, going with the development player from another region i don't think that they're going to get did i say getting bjergsen i meant getting johnson i uh i don't think that they're going to do it though like, I would not pit my chips on getting Jensen. I, again, I'm disconnected, so maybe they are doing that, but I, I don't think that's probably what they're doing. So I agree uh, with you. Mark or Kelsey, I, I don't know if either of you disagree. I, I don't think they'll do it. I also feel like they're kind of just like a TL from last year. They got Tactical and Jensen then, you know? I don't think they'll, they'll, they'll go for it. And the other thing that I wonder about, too, is, you know, TSM is not this premier destination anymore. Um, there's definitely been a bit of a not great PR look this split um, or this offseason. As well as the fact that even before then, I don't know if people remember, like, when, when Tony Zixlo was joining up with TSM, like, there was that screenshot that leaked about his conversations with Aframu, <laughs> and he was like, yeah, it's going to suck being there, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> I wonder how many people kind of kind of like feel that way right now. Um, and so I, I don't think Jensen is, you know, I don't think either side is really jumping at the bit to get in, in bed with each other, uh, you know, and work together. That, I mean, that actually might be a fair take. I, I, I have not, I still don't think that uh, he would say no if the offer was right. I would be surprised to hear that. Um, but it is true that like in the past, literally everyone wanted to play for TSM only a couple years ago. And I don't think they have that same advantage anymore. And for many reasons, one of which is Bjergsen's no longer there. So it's, it is a fair point, but Mark, do you, do you think they should go for him if they could? Um, I don't know. I, I feel like, 
because you're gonna have to eat his contract's supposedly 1.4 mil right and you're gonna have to he's probably not gonna renegotiate that so you're getting I, a one-year do you really loan. think he wouldn't i bet you he would you think jensen would renegotiate it maybe i mean the market is going down like i don't know if he's gonna get a lower number or like a that same number or a better number even if he has to come back in summer or like if somebody like if when Jojo Pion just completely collapses and Kelsey is in tears. Uh, and, and, EG and EG is, needs their hero. EG needs the their hero, hero. hero Jensen. Uh, like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I still don't know if, like, he's going to be able to, to keep the same rate or go up. Maybe. Maybe he will. Who knows? The my, market my is, point is um, fucking crazy. But I just, like, I don't know. I'm assuming he's not renegotiating. And then for TSM, you're getting a one-year loaner on your mid laner. You know, if you're trying to actually look more long-term you would want to renegotiate that deal for an extended contract. And if, if that part's not coming through while doing the buyout, I just don't think you would do it. You know, like it has to be a, a I mean, it just depends move. on what they're willing to spend. Like if, if their budget for their mid laner is literally 300 to 500, then yeah, I'm, they're probably not getting Jensen, but like, I don't know. What if I, maybe he'd accept 750. I have no idea. Like 750 on maybe a short contract. Half? You, you would eat a 50%. I mean, great. people people are like taking giant hits this off season. I think, um, and so I don't. Maybe he wouldn't. Maybe he wouldn't. But I, I, I just like, I'd be curious. Obviously, this is the type of stuff that's very unlikely we'll ever hear. You can about, play like, solo queue and stream for one point four million dollars a year, or you can go to TSM no, for seven fifty. Do you think you think TL is going to keep him keep paying him one point four while he's just sitting there? Don't they have to? I mean, I don't know exactly how the contracts are. Uh, they if they could don't just release buy him. him out of his own contract. They could just release him. I mean, I don't know how much of that that salary is guaranteed, but I think, like most players, you you can just release. I thought the the reason players were able to get released was that the players mutually agreed to to get released. Yeah, so no, I think oftentimes you can just get dropped. Uh, so I mean, we don't know the specifics of Jensen's contract. Right, but I uh, assume that if it's between him playing for nothing or not playing for anything, or or playing for something, he'll play. But I assume that he has the option to sit on the contract and make Steve sweat and, and just collect his paycheck. Well, we have a couple of GMs wrong, in chat, and we also have Kelsey here, so, um, like maybe somebody can shed some light on like how likely it is that he. There are termination clauses likely with severance. Pay. There are probably termination. I, I, Empire in chat says there are probably termination clauses with Jackson, who shows up in my chat finally now that he's not on Hunter T and he's busy farming <laughs> crypto somewhere. Uh, says he can be bought out likely for trivial amount, maybe three months or six in extreme cases. Would be shocked if it's guaranteed. So, um, yeah, like that's what I mean is like I like I cannot imagine Team Liquid is would feel great about not only paying like all the money that they've got to be paying to those five players and whatever they're paying Andre, but also well, if it's, like, keeping if it Jensen is, around. if it is, let's say three months severance for your 1.4 mil, you can take that 25% when they inevitably drop you, collect your little bonus on your way out and then just sign with whatever team wants you in summer. Again, also not a bad plan. No, <laughs> not know, a bad plan at all. When you start looking into the specifics of logistics, I'm like, you know what? Like, I don't, I wouldn't hate that if I was in his shoes versus, I don't know, go to TSM right now if they even want him and try and renegotiate and figure out all this stuff. Who knows? Yeah. I think, um, uh, just, just to add real quick, I think something that's worth considering 
Um, TSM lost Bjergsen, which is a lot of their fan base and a lot of their hype. And I think getting Jensen back, um, I mean, not only his skill, but the hype of Jensen versus Bjergsen. I can't understate this enough. Could you imagine every week turning in? I, I think that would reignite a lot of the TSM fans and ignite a lot more fans. No, I think that's a huge, that's a really great point. Uh, I just don't know. I don't, personally, I don't think TSM is playing for storylines right now. Like that is, I don't think what their strategy is, even though I obviously I wish it was. Kelsey, you've that, been I, silent I, through this whole time. Do you have any opinions true. on any of this? Oh, yeah. As a Jensen hater yourself? Oh, <laughs> I, I didn't say that. Um, I think that uh, the general feeling is that, yeah, if TSM, if, if we want to play for branding, you sign Jensen. That's the way you do it, um, for sure. I don't think TSM wants to play for branding um, at this point because I don't think that they think that that's how you win. Uh, I think that to an extent, TSM have signed rosters for branding historically, not necessarily because they think they're signing rosters for branding, but because like they pick up players that, that have big brands for be doing well, um, which is, is, is like subtly different, right? I think TSM ultimately, like they want a competitive team. They don't want to sign players for branding, but like the players that um, uh, immediately appear strong um, are players that have strong brands, right? So that's like a big difference that I would like to point out. Um, is, is those two things. And I think that right now, if you look at Jensen's gameplay, I think that he has like very strong situations, but a lot of times he is set up to succeed by the set plays that TL have. Um, and so also by playing Icon, who I don't think anyone has ever said is good. Um, so the, the general feeling that I have is that if you actually look at the individual movements of Jensen, then yes, he's good. But if you're a TSM, maybe you want to take a risk to go for like a, a stronger push towards success. So if you're taking a risk, is Jensen, like Jensen is the safe play. 100% Jensen is the safe play. Jensen will improve your brand. Jensen will perform well domestically and perform well to an extent internationally. But is Jensen the play that's going to push the, the limit of what you can achieve? And I think that's the question that TSM have to ask. Um, so that's, that's like kind of where where I am with the Jensen pickup or the Jensen question. And uh, I think that that's like some insight into the Jensen conversation, especially earlier on in the situation. And I think there's a difference between committing to a player early on in the, in the season and later on in the season. If you've committed to a player early on in the season, you're going to pay more for them. That's just the way it is. That's how off season works. If immediately, you know, Jensen's on the market and you reach out, the buyout number that you're going to be given is huge. And so you're going to say, ah, maybe no. Maybe we ought to make different plans. And then later you're working on your plans and then Teal come back to you. And they say, okay, we've lowered Jensen's buyout and his price and his renegotiated and all of these to X, Y, and Z. And then you come back and you say, great, uh, we've made other plans. Like theoretically, maybe TSM could have committed to a Korean or Chinese speaking support. And then they want a Korean or Chinese speaking midliner to make that person feel more comfortable because I think this is one thing that people don't really understand at the language barrier conversation. People always say the language barrier conversation doesn't matter because League of Legends is a language or because um, you can, most people speak League terms or understand League terms in English. That's not the part of the language barrier that's the problem. The part of the language barrier that's the problem 
is the isolating feeling that you have when you come to another country, right? You have a different culture. The solo queue sucks. Um, you don't know how to get food that tastes good to you or the food that you're used to. You don't know how to talk to people. You don't have someone to confide in who speaks your same language. Like you're basically frustrated because you have to talk through a translator who basically might not convey the same emotional nuances that you want to convey, like all of these things. That can feel like shit, man. Like that can feel like really bad. Uh, so for me, it's like the, the connections that make the language barrier more difficult than anything else. Um, and I think that if you're importing like one player in isolation, that player has to have like really good resolve and really good um, like fortitude to succeed. So I guess like for me, it's like if you come back and you say TL Jensen's bias like much lower, it's like, great, we've committed to the support and we want a player that will synergize well with him and, and make them feel, make him feel comfortable, you know? So in that situation, it's like, great, thanks for lowering the buyer out, we're no longer interested. I, I feel like I like this conversation a lot because it's raised a lot of like the nuances of GMing that I really like to that point about getting him cheaper later. If you're gonna make Steve sweat, basically pay the buyout himself to cut Jensen from your contract. And then you don't have to actually pick up the 1.4 contract. You can sign him to your own rate that you can negotiate freely without having this thing as a, as a point to negotiate around. Like it just becomes so much easier as a GM to, to work from there. So I've really liked this call, just having the GMs in chat, able to throw their, their insight in and, and actually dig into a situation. Cause I feel like so often people just, like myself included, don't know the situation for things. So we're just like, oh yeah, T TSM for Jensen, sign him, sounds good. Um, and Kelsey made a lot of good points. And then, you know, you have to weigh all of that with the the logistical side. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it is like very interesting. I think a lot of people don't, don't get it to your point, Mark. They're just sort of like, just go do it. Uh, anyway, Caper, I can thank... sign him for half as much if I just wait yes, a couple exactly. months. Exactly. Caper, thank you so much for the call. Uh, I know we went off on a bit of a tangent. We, it's a lot of that tonight, but uh, I think it was a, a great way to, to start the conversation. Um, is there anything you want to shout out? Uh, yeah, just uh, GameFuel, use code Travis and Alienware. There you go. Also, thank try you. out the new TFT set. It's really good. It is. It is very good. Uh, thank you so much, Caper, for the call, and we'll catch you next time. All right, we're going to take a quick break really quickly to talk about GameFuel, who he just shouted out. Uh, you can go to GameFuel.com slash Travis. And uh, unfortunately, I only have two left of these, these uh, Courage, the Courageous Sherbet flavors, which has been fantastic. But you can use code Travis to save 5% on your order at GameFuel.com slash Travis. Uh, so it's kind of a nice thing. It helps us out a lot um, whenever people are, you know, uh, there it's uh, we got some renewal stuff coming up you know it's we're getting close to the end of the year we're gonna start talking about next year it's very cool whenever you guys are going in and like using my code and supporting the, the sponsors even just going to gamefield.com slash travis just going to the url and checking it out and uh maybe you know you produce around a little bit all that stuff really helps so uh thank you so much to gamefield for sponsoring the show i uh, really appreciate it. you've been keeping mark awake right now he'd be passed out instead of whatever it is that he's doing to that cat right now um and <laughs> thank you so thank you game fuel for feeling us on the show uh mark you want to go get oh we have two callers okay we're gonna have to speed run these okay yeah tom shu is here tom shu welcome to the show i know you usually talk for long periods of time but unfortunately I, i'm gonna have to ask you to keep it short and sweet remind everyone where you're calling from hey what's up from uh washington dc welcome 
to the show. What do you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, uh, I'll go as fast as I can, but this kind of requires a little bit of context. So I was coming, I was, you know, watching some of the Academy announcements coming through this week, and I saw the 100 Academy roster, you know, really great players. I think they'll be fantastic improving grounds. And I saw that Kendi was going to be staying on 100 Academy, and it raised a lot of questions on, hey, why would he, you know, stay there instead of going to a LCS team because he's obviously a great jungler. And Papa Smithy kind of had justification was saying that Kendi only wanted to join a top five team or else he would stay in Academy. So naturally that kind of raises a, a little bit of a question here in that, you know, we're having a lot of, it feels like there's been a, a lot of clumping as far as talent always wanted to go to the top five teams in LCS. And I think while Kenby's viewpoint is, you know, really understandable, like we've had a lot of bottom five teams basically fuck over a lot of uh, players' careers because they've either bought them in when they're not ready or, you know, have, you know, have crappy infrastructure. I think Kelsey talked about it, like Fate God or Yusui or basically any CLG player you can think of. But my question is, like, how can, you know, these... It feels like there's like a there's a cycle of teams not able to actually rebuild because there have been they're not able to actually be able to get top talent because top talent doesn't want to play for them. So how are these teams supposed to be able to get top talent? Well, I should say, how are they supposed to be able to build the infrastructure to top talent? Like explain that for someone who's not an insider within the scene like how are you able to how are you tom tom are to you excited about the clg talent? roster what are you excited about the clg roster that got announced i guess i mean i i asked because like i i don't think that it is impossible for these for the bottom half of the league to go create a compelling roster um, because it seems like a lot of people, Biora seems to think that everybody hates the CLG roster, but like for the most part, I think people have been celebrating that roster. And so there's an instance where people are like a team went out and they got the talent that they needed. And according to Biora, they were able to do it under budget. And so uh, that, that's, that's, that's missing my point a little bit in that we're seeing a lot of people saying no to, we're not going to play on these bottom five teams. Like, I think it happened with Isles. Uh, it's happening with Kenby. It's happening with a lot of a lot of young players and that they're kind of basically all grouping onto the top five teams because that's where the best development is. So how do bottom five teams like explain, can you explain that to me, Kelsey? Like, how do you, how do you build that infrastructure? How can I be like C9 and get but that talent development pipeline? I, I don't think so I'm missing the, the point here because you're saying that like the bottom teams can't do this. And like we, Kelsey and I and Mark, were just talking about how we think CLG is doing it. Wait, do you consider them top talent though? No, but like, uh, sorry. Birthday talent, right? I think that's the point that you're arguing. Yeah, yeah cool. are, you, are you talking about Kenvy or Jensen? Because those are two different categories. Like, yeah, yeah. Think. You're mentioning Kenvy and Isles, and then you've got Kelsey Boom. over here talking about contracts, Palafox. So, like, okay, yeah, there there are multiple different examples, but the the point is is that you're still seeing you're still seeing the clumping, like things like general snipe. Like, you can still be able to get certain talent like say if the top teams don't get have or you're getting scrapped from top teams at this point like how can i get first access to the best players okay to the, so to the best talent the best young talent so there i can answer both of these questions even i feel like you're asking two instead of one right um and there are similarities so a 
So I think it's not a shock to know if you talk to the most hype rookies at the end of a split, so like the Ken Bees, et cetera, they will say, uh, if, you know, this team is interested in me, I don't even want to have a conversation with them. You know, they will definitely say that because they understand that scouting in NA is such to a point where development uh, goals run counter to player career goals. And by this, I mean, like, if you want to develop a player to be a more complete player long term, then you cannot tank uh, results to do that because a lot of teams or a lot of orgs will look at results to inform their scouting a lot of the times. I think it's getting better every year for sure. So like there's not the same results as before in terms of scouting and player uh, signings to LCS as there was previously, but those, those issues still exist. So if I'm one of those players, I know that my shot of having a good long-term career is to continue to do well in Academy and then to see if I can get an LCS offer from a top five team. The same can, to an extent, the same can be said for the LCS players who like your Jensen's because maybe they don't want to play with um, the, for example, the Immortals or the FlyQuest roster, right? Maybe they, they look at that and they say, this is not a, a good shot for us. Maybe Immortals is a worse example because I don't think Immortals is that bad. Like Immortals has gotten a ton of flack, but they're like one good engaged player off sure. of the FlyQuest roster that made it to Worlds in 2019, right? So, the, or 2020, I guess, sorry. Um, so I think that that's, that's like kind of a funny, funny thing, but maybe like the FlyQuests or the... Um, Golden Guardians. Dignitas, yeah. I would say. So those are more of the rosters that I think people are looking at as like kind of more suspicious this year. So I think that, that the, those are the, the teams that maybe these, these players don't necessarily want to play for. So... so Sorry, yeah. you go. Yeah, but I, I had a, a question. So you're so you're saying that it's in terms of your, we're talking wins and losses. But, so are we saying like these bottom teams are not able to develop players to reach their potential, or is that the the so, wins and losses are sat, are hurting their career? They're not able think, to. Yeah, I mean both. Like the wins and losses definitely hurt their career. Like people don't talk about talented players on losing teams. It just doesn't happen. It, it sucks but that's the reality of the situation. So you are more incentivized to um, bring in players that will make your roster succeed if you have to make a loss on a uh, substitution than to bring in more development. That's just, uh, that's for sure true. Like I would say, for example, the 100X roster that debuted in spring, there was a lot of talent on that roster, but they didn't succeed because they didn't have the experience. No one really talks about a lot of the players on that team um, anymore. So isn't so this- I think Oh, go ahead. So, so I think that that's definitely an interesting thing is because like you can tell certain movements or certain things that happen. Um, sorry that my phone is making weird noises. But you can tell certain moves, movement or certain things. Like you can scout talent on lower tier teams, but this is a scouting problem that I think exists within upper seasons that players are aware of. Like if you are on a team with good infrastructure and good players around you, then you're more likely to exceed. I also think that those teams attract better coaches, right? If your team has a good reputation, are going to attract better coaches. Um, and so the coach coaching infrastructure that you have access to in bottom tier teams is not as high either in general. I think the way, because you're 
initial question was how do you circumvent that? I think you do what CLG did, which was to spend a lot of money on buyouts. It's very clear from their roster that this was like a buyout heavy investment. Um, I don't know the specifics, but I looked at all the at all the players that they got, and most of them were under contract. And I know that CLG probably doesn't have the same budget as some of the top teams, so they probably spent a lot of their their money on on buyouts. And within certain contract clauses for players, players don't necessarily have a say in what team they go to. So if you're a player, you can negotiate, like, okay, if I'm getting bought out, I should have a say, you know. But not all players have that in their contracts. So maybe that's one of the easiest ways or one of the best ways that you can kind of overcome this hump and you can get access to the top rookie talent is you can look at players like who are under contract and say, okay, um, let's negotiate on the buyout. Like, like, let's spend some time, let's let's wait and see if these buyouts drop. And then you can, you can negotiate with the ownership of the teams. And most teams will talk to the rookie players. So it's not like, okay, we're selling you without your, your consent, but you can say like, we're selling you, they seem to have a good plan. Um, it seems good, right? And then the player is like, okay, fine. Like ultimately they don't have a lot of say in their buyout clause, but they'll still be consulted. So this is like kind of how you would get to a point of CLG where you're the bottom team. And then you say, okay, what players uh, have are still under contract and maybe we can negotiate for them and spend a certain amount of money to build up a reputation or to get some of the, the top talent that's available. And it's a more expensive way to do it, but maybe these players are not valued as high as like your Jensen's who will Kel have higher initial buyouts. Kelsey, so one, like one, way to change it. one, one quick question. Then I know we have a last caller, so we need to, to wrap it. But, um, do you think, I mean, for me, it's kind of crazy. I, I, on one hand, I can understand why rookies don't want to go to the bottom half of the league. On the other hand, I look and I'm like, Team Liquid does not is not running a North American player. Hundred uh, T is running half a North American player. Uh, like the the you know right right now, TSM is probably looking at importing players and like it's just it's it's funny to me because you have a lot of people holding out in Academy potentially for what less than ten spots. I I don't know. I mean, you EG very well could have gone with like the Jensen double lift thing this year, if you had not been there personally to we, scream at people, I'm sure Kelsey. Um, we, we, I mean, we would only do that if we didn't actually scout the players available. Anyway, my point is <laughs> like, there's very few slots and these guys are holding out. So it's just kind of crazy to me that that's the case. The, the other thing I'd say too, is that the word pipeline doesn't mean wait till you think player is ready for LCS, then try and sign him. I think a lot of those players who are really good who you're talking about you how lower teams get them i i would say well wh what about the players you signed and that you scouted and that you supposedly were investing in that now you want the other players you know like eg clearly believed in jojo pune for a while and and snatched him up and now they're in a good position to use him um you know like could could these other teams have again not looked at him now as the you know, developed product that they're interested in and seeing the talent that he had transferring over from Fortnite and being young. And, you know, this is someone we, we clearly want. Could they have pitched him harder than EG? I don't know how hard people are pitching um, these players versus, well, who's around on the ladder? Let's take a look. Let's, you know, like, I think the scouting departments for teams like 100 Thieves and EG 
and even like TL to an extent, you, you hear them talk a lot about their initiatives and stuff like that and how seriously they take long-term development beyond and things. And Tom, shoot, I, uh, I would, I will oh, shout ahead, out like, for example, like Empire spent so much time like watching um, NA players in solo queue, <laughs> uh, stuff like that. Like that's a huge investment that needs to happen for sure. Um, and I think that that's something that it's like at this point, it's almost kind of terrifying and predatory in a way, because I think that if you are not reaching out to and making a good relationship with these players when they're like 14, 15, 16, whatever, you're going to miss out on them, right? Just because of the length of any contracts and all of these, these factors. And I think about this sometimes and it's a little scary to me because it's like, in essence, we're kind of preying on kids. I mean, welcome to college recruiting. <laughs> I, I mean, that's, that's the I, I darkest interpretation of it. <laughs> I don't feel, I don't necessarily feel great about that. But so, like, I do what I can to make it a situation where it's like we're offering good opportunities for them. Yeah, so, like I, we're helping them out. Like we're making sure that they graduate high school, things like this, and all of those stuff. I think is like super important to not forget about because it would be very easy in this situation to like make this more of a predatory thing i mean like we we got bunny fufu when he was still in high school and he would come up on weekends to to play um but then he would go home and he'd have to deal with school life and we we adjusted our scrim schedules to work with him because we're like no we're not gonna let you not graduate <laughs> you know like three months before you would so um you know i think that's that's the right way and i think uh you, like you said it's it's a lot of opportunities that they're going to be looking for in the future and um, establishing yeah. that you believe in them early is going to make them more more open to, to working with your org. Tom, thank uh, you so much for the call. Anything else you want to shout out before we say goodbye? Yeah, I was I, I was wondering like I had a quick rebuttal about the like anything you want to shout out before we say goodbye, Tom. Oh my god. Okay. Uh, one. Uh, number one, fucking bakery man. Uh, number two, uh, can we get you uh, see in a team, please? And uh, number three. Yeah, I don't know what else. Yep, have a great night. Have a good one. All right. Tom, Tom gets, we're, we're running out of time. Tom gets 12 minutes, which is, or something like that, like a pretty hefty chunk of time, and he's still like, no, 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 I need more. I need more. He will He will go for as long as you allow him. Okay. Uh, thank you to Badbug, Dustbringer, Hannon for six months, UCF Xanth for a year, uh, Dr. Noli for 14, Corey, uh, Mug Jimbo, Photo, and Ethan. Thank you, everyone, for the subs. Mesh is here. Mesh, where are you calling from? Mesh is here. Mesh, where are you calling from? Not again, please. Mesh. Oh, my God, Discord. I literally just talked to him in the waiting room. Should we... Maybe we all move to the waiting room. Let's see if that works. Oh. Hello? Hi. Okay. Now we're all in the waiting room. It'll work here. Okay. Discord. Uh, Mesh, where are you calling from? Um, I'm calling from the Seattle area. Seattle area. Or do you also work for Evil Geniuses? Yeah, this is the question now. No, I'm in tech. Okay. Well, I think Evil Geniuses would say they are too. Exactly, yeah, yeah. I was going to say. That's like their thing. Anyway, sorry. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Um, my take was that um, CoreJJ's in-houses kind of were, uh, they, they basically proved Kelsey's whole point with her Twitter thread um, with the amateur and academy players looking really good when they played with um, established players. 
Um, and so specifically, I was thinking of um, RJS looked a lot better playing with uh, Blabber and Danny um, and like Zazel and Vulcan than he did um, when he was playing on CLG last year. Um, and I think that's just kind of um, a good a good data point that kind of helps Kelsey's argument there. Yeah, I actually kind of wonder if there's yeah. a world where you can do some sort of like, I don't know, I don't know, not scouting grounds, but something similar where you in the off season you do stuff like this. Uh, also, the really quickly, the other thing that was interesting to me about this is like years ago, I don't think Riot would have allowed this. I'm kind of surprised that they they did because years ago they were so restrictive about players doing anything that at all appeared to be like a competition. I think even if you wanted to do like a one v one or whatever you had to like go through Riot and make sure they were cool with it. And so whenever Core announced this, I was like, I wonder if he ran it by Riot and two, like I can't imagine Riot stopping it now, but I don't know. It's just very, it was very fascinating to me. Um, anyway, uh, Kelsey, uh, what do you think I of uh, the Core JJ stuff? Did you watch, watch all that? Oh yeah, of course I watched this. Um, we had three EG players in the finals, so it's important. No, with three G players, one throwing that out there. <laughs> Mark, you were going to say something. I was going to say um, this is. I'm I'm sorry to be a little poo poo head on on the parade a little bit. What were the mid laners for the four teams again? Wow, like, I don't dude. know. Uh, RJS, uh, Darkwings. Um, the other two teams. Sorry, I need to double check this. A blaze, a blaze olive. And... Olive, yeah. Spire, uh, Spirit. Spirax. Yeah. Spirax. Yeah, 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 Spirax. Uh-huh. I'll see that one. All right. I mean, I don't want to be too much of an asshole here, but I don't want to also jump the shark and be like, RJS, next mid lane god coming up. Um, but I, I think the idea that you're, you're coming here with is ultimately correct, um, Mesh, is that scouting grounds lets teams you know, get their hands on players. But it, it really is not anything close to probably a real environment, whereas an in-house tournament like this is a little bit closer of, of real situations. I mean, it's obviously fun. It's not stage games. You're not getting as in-depth as when they're all in the LCS studios and you can spend hours upon hours working with them. Um, so I, I do think there is a lot of value in a tournament like this, but I also wouldn't want to be like, oh my God, he's ready to take on Abadage and Jensen and Bjergsen now week over week, you know? Um, but I, I do think it is good for RJS to be able to show that off, um, you know? Yeah, I think I, I think that this stuff is cool. I will say people, I think fans, sometimes I think take these like Core JJ off season stuff it's like they kind of hop on, hop on some hype trains pretty hard about certain things or whatever. Like this is the one time where they get to kind of like peel back and look behind the scenes. Cause you know, scrims are not getting shown or whatever. Like these, this is the only time where people could see some of the stuff. And I think maybe they draw a lot of conclusions or they get really hype about stuff in a way that like, I don't know. Like, I just, I just think it's, it's maybe a little bit too strong of a reaction sometimes to very limited data compared to what teams and scouting uh, folks are seeing the rest of the year. I don't know, Kelsey, if you right. have any thoughts about this stuff. 
I always have thoughts. I don't know why I have to ask this question, but um, the generally, so I think I want to clarify something about my take. One is that um, like I pointed out these players that I think succeeded because they debuted on already strong teams. And to me, that highlights one, that talent plus infrastructure plus like the, this kind of leadership works. But I don't think that that is because these like players are necessarily instantly insane or special. I think it's because it gives them room to grow while the existing talent or the existing leadership helps them develop because there's a big jump still, I think, in between academy level of play and LCS level of play. And you need to have that kind of there. And consistently, because I've seen so many players at this point make that jump with varying levels of success. The, I can kind of talk a little bit about some of the factors that exist with this is that when you go from academy to LCS or when you go from amateur to academy or, or, or whatever else, if you don't have prior experience, you know how to win in a certain way and you, you have a lot of solo queue concepts still, so you need a buffer or a room that will help you improve at a high level. And that buffer doesn't really exist if you don't have existing experienced players on your team. So that's something that is kind of interesting because it both suggests that maybe these players that have succeeded weren't as good as some of the other players that could have succeeded if they were given that opportunity. Not that they aren't all, all great players, because I think that most of the time when these players get started in LCS, it's because they have potential, and that potential is acknowledged, right, to some degree. But that means that that potential is also acknowledged when players start on bottom teams, you know. Um, but that's the difference in infrastructure there comes into play. So when you're talking about these in-house opportunities, like RJS was an example, but there were so many other players that were um, less experienced that had an opportunity to look strong, you know, um, like Surdy, for example, uh, like some of these other players that people were able to praise or who were getting some MVP shout outs throughout the tournament. And I think to an extent, like some of the casters wanted to hype up like the less experienced players to give them an opportunity to shine. but a lot of the circumstances aligned for them to look really great. And so for me, like these in-houses are great for that. And I think like diminishing them or belittling them because maybe the best mid laners weren't there or X, Y, and Z is, is kind of less the point than giving these guys an opportunity to get exposure and to get opportunities to be enjoyed by the fans is, is more the point that I would have. Yeah, Mark. You jerk. Miss me on that shit. No. <laughs> I, I admitted I think... that. I was being, a, I was raining on the parade unnecessarily. I think uh, th these kinds of things are good. No, but is it, I mean, it's a fair point to point out. I think it is true because a lot of people like myself did not watch the Core JJ stuff over the, the week. And like you hear of a player popping off and then you need to kind of have the realization that like it is not the same situation that Kelsey was potentially talking about previously. Okay, Mesh, sorry to wrap up the, the call so quickly, but we are over time. Is there anything uh, that you want to shout out? Um, sure. Uh, check out my League of ELO website. <laughs> this does um, ELO scoring and simulation for eSports League pro teams. Nice. not doing anything right because there's no games, but check it out when the season starts. Sounds Thanks like you need on. to go work for EG because uh, it sounds like the type of stuff that they do. Anyway, 
Uh, thanks so much, Mesh, for the call, and we'll catch you later. All right. Uh, that is the show. Nobody leave, because there's still stuff going to be going on after the, the show ends on the stream. So don't click away, please. Um, but for those that are listening, thanks for listening. Mark, what do you want to shout out? Nothing. Kelsey, what do you want to shout out? I want to shout out Resin Refresh tomorrow. Hey, we got 1010 on. Can I leak that? Yeah. I mean, you just did. 1010's so. on. Uh, continuing burning oh. our way through the Theory Crafter universe. Great. Well, I would love to shout out uh, Twitch, Secret Lab, Monster, Wolves, Ultra Gear, and Bud Light. So thank you very much. Um, Yes, and of course, Evil Geniuses teams. Uh, we will probably be announcing our Academy and Prodigies rosters soon, uh, so look out for that. Very good. Uh, thank you so much, everyone. Uh, for me, check out Resident Refresh tomorrow. Uh, that is something awesome that we do, Mark and I both do. We have an Arcane review that just went up recently, and uh, there's a whole lot going on on the Travis Gafford uh, Cinematic Universe YouTube network. Uh, so please go follow all that stuff. Stick around on stream. And uh, that's... Oh, next week, Kelby for episode 200. Don't miss it. It'll be fun. Uh, old school people know what's up. <laughs>